0: Welcome to another edition of Mask, Mats, and Mayhem. I am your host, Justin Harvey. You can find me on Twitter at Justin Harvey 75 No longer the Outlaw LA Red this week because I'm trying to get one of those little verified check marks. So I switched my name back. Um, That was was crazy. We tried something new there with the intro. I don't know if uh, it worked completely, but hopefully it did. Byron, did that work? I think it worked for me. I was happy with it. Okay, so you actually heard the music and everything. Trying
1: some new audio stuff. too. I was, to be fair, I wasn't watching. I was headbanging. So I audio apologize
0: worked. to everyone that we're a couple minutes behind schedule here because uh, I was messing with some new stuff and restarts. And of course, Byron can't figure out how to plug in a microphone. So anyway, that's uh, at no, Byron. Feet, I guess, can't right? figure out how to turn it on. You can't figure out what?
1: How to turn a
0: microphone on. You can't figure out how to turn on a microphone no, I can't. You can figure no, out how this. to film a scene and a building crumbling around you, but you can't figure out how to turn on a microphone. Yeah. I think
2: from the L Ray promos that you saw yesterday, we all know Byron can't turn on a microphone.
0: Yeah. What's up, Lucha Gringo? Or <laughs> hey, at Lucha hey, Gringo? You know, I, Is that who
2: you are? Yeah, dude. I've been sick for like a week. I'm feeling all right now, sort of. You made it sound.
0: You made it sound so much worse. You look fine. You're fine. You're doing good.
2: That's just you because got- I always look like shit, bro it's like i didn't say it
0: i didn't say it um go ahead um and we are joined today by none other than carmen perez from the l-ray networks lucha underground how's it going carmen
3: i am great
0: great excited to be here with you
3: guys can you hear me hello hello
0: we can hear you okay cool yeah
3: i'm Um, gonna turn uh, the microphone
0: up just a little bit here though there we go
3: yeah I'm excited to be here with you guys.
0: Yeah, thank you for joining us and talking some Lucha underground and all that yeah. fun stuff.
3: I'm excited.
0: I yeah. apologize in advance for for however sideways or ridiculous this gets even though it probably won't. We're we're we, we more did more 20 minutes today. on He-Man last week. He's not kidding.
3: Awesome. He-Man, he's got the power. How about She-Ra? She-Ra? <laughs>
0: hey, she's on Netflix too. They put them both up.
3: So. Really? Oh, yeah. how cool. Cool. i don't
0: know if we got to uh to shira yet wait what is did, did you paint that painting back there behind you carmen i
3: did i did it's one that's of my cool. little is one of my favorites oh, that's awesome.
0: i had that's to awesome.
3: put it there i'm sorry i had to show off my little painting yeah. here
0: oh of course who, who doesn't come on a show and, and plug a little bit of what they do and <laughs> believe me believe me people if you're listening to this um carmen is way more than just what you see on television she does a lot of stuff like yeah. I thought I was semi multi-talented she's actually multi-talented um, and we'll get into that but you know I want to go back and kind of where I, I'm going to start with you is I want to go back to Evie Dub first telling us about you and this is when you were just taping I don't even think you had been on TV yet and he was like oh we got some great characters guys like you know, like what Ev Dub will do is when we're at the Lucha Underground show, sometimes he'll come out and he'll talk to a few of us. And Byron and I, especially being TV people and Casey, you know, being a screenwriter and being, you know, interested in just about everything. Like we're the ones that are always like, oh, yeah, this guy is going to tell us something about the show or something cool. <laughs> One day he comes out and he's just like, oh, you guys, you're going to love some of this stuff we got going on with Joey Ryan and we brought in this girl. She's really awesome and you guys are going to love her and blah, 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 and you know, I'll start tweeting about her when we get closer to the episodes. So we knew you were coming for a while. Oh. And he was, he was over the moon about you. So that was where we first oh. heard about you. And then um, the first, first or second episode you were on, we were doing this as an audio podcast back then. Okay. And uh, I completely forgot your character's name. <laughs> Completely, and Byron just sold me down the river. Knew the whole time. Wouldn't wouldn't say it for me, so I ended up calling you Captain Hotness through the whole <laughs> whole podcast. Oh no, and then Did we just are, lose
1: Justin no he's there here? No, I'm stu- yeah, yeah. that's you. a, that's I'm a still
3: great here. nickname by the way <laughs> i yes. love it? Not
0: bad. <laughs> well, it it caught off pretty fast too and i think mil machetes even used it a yeah. couple of times yeah and a couple of a couple of guys and mil machetes made sure that i i have to tell you hi from him because
3: i saw that hi mil
2: <laughs> he's out there it got a little weird when he started talking about uh councilman sexy though that was kind of weird
3: <laughs> Lorenzo Are you kidding? <laughs> Lorenzo
0: Lamas, that's a good looking dude i ain't afraid to say it lorenzo's a good looking <laughs> yeah, he's very yeah, handsome
3: <laughs> he's very and so nice he's so nice too like he's like you just imagine him being just so i'm so handsome but he he just had a great personality too
0: he's really and cool. he was the renegade come on
2: i
3: know yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. i mean i'm just happy that he keeps showing up too it's like you know from the way ev dub kind of told us about it at first it was like yeah you know lorenzo brought me out and did a favor like so i don't think any of us were ever expecting to see him more than once right and he keeps showing up and you how many scenes have you gotten to do with him?
3: i only did one
0: i only did did one so far just the one where oh, he, yeah. he pops his head into the office, right? Was yeah, that, he that shows one?
3: up in the office in and puts, makes me feel small. He's like the only person that made me feel a little bit small on the <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, he is, by all means, a very huge and talented actor that's been around yeah. forever. Yeah. But he doesn't have a magic amulet, though, so whatever. You know, I right. know. That's true.
3: Exactly. Exactly.
2: As far as we know, he could have like 10. Like He's a mystery right now, which is yeah, the Yeah, he cool. is. Like, we're always waiting for the other shoe to drop, and like,
0: half of the people in your storyline, they get killed.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
0: I never know who's going to die on this show anymore. Like, who thought that we were going to be watching a wrestling show in this day and age where you don't know who's going to die next? Like, how strange is that? Yeah, that is not normal.
3: (laughs) It's not normal, and then you don't know who's going to come back to life. That's even more not normal. That's
2: true. (laughs) <laughs> Who's going to come back to life? Who's going to become another person altogether?
3: Yep. Yep. Isn't that awesome?
2: Skeleton's going to start turning into a walking chessboard. You never know. <laughs> so, uh,
3: magic is the magic of TV. Mm-hmm.
0: You yeah. Know? It is the magic of TV, which is part of why we love it. Byron, what are you reading? You look very like, like, intense. no, I have,
1: I have, I have you guys over here. I have the YouTube over here. Oh. And then in the middle are like it's the YouTube chat room in case questions come up. Right now it's mostly oh. uh it's mostly curse words towards Casey, uh people typing Captain Hotness and someone wrote nobody Andre Nichols wrote nobody puts Captain Hotness in the corner.
3: Oh, I love it.
1: That's a- I love this it. this is
2: a new person. I have no I, idea who the only Andre I know is Andre the Giant, so this can be a completely new person watching the respect
1: show. Respect to the giant. Well, yes I would, I <laughs> want to know I I want to know what's going to happen with the with the amulet. Oh, we'll get
0: there. We'll get there. We'll get to more when? of the underground. Don't, don't ask for spoilers. No, spoilers. I just wanted
1: I just want to know when we're gonna find something new out. Whatever. Oh
0: man, you're probably when the show serious. comes hey, back. I was just
3: of- I was just as surprised as you were, but we can talk about it later. It's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Okay. So <clears throat> before we go too far down the rabbit hole with Carmen, um. Mm-hmm. I do have to take a, a brief somber moment. Uh, I lost a good friend this week who was a camera Mm. operator that I worked with on several of of the shows that I produced on and worked Mm. on. Um, Steve snapper, Robinson, great dude, just one of those nice all around guys. And I hate starting to show off with these sad things because we lost way too many people in 2016. Mm. Um, and also Mary Tyler Moore this week, which, uh, believe it or not, when I was doing comedy writing, um, had been a huge influence on me, not even because of Mary Tyler Moore show, but because of Dick Van Dyke's show. One of mm. the big inspirations for me as a writer of of what comedy is. Like you go back and watch it now, it's all cliches, but they're cliches because those guys did them first, and everybody yeah. else had to to copy it afterwards because it was so brilliant at the time. And you know, I she also did. With,
2: are you guys familiar with uh, Mary Tyler Moore's wrestling connection? You know? No, what's was that? She no, what? Okay, so she's a, a fan. Uh she was a fan. Oh. And she was at WrestleMania six in the audience for Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior, right? And uh they they kind of involved her a little bit because Jake the Snake was fighting the million dollar man and beat him and stole his money and he gave her a hundred dollar bill in the audience and you know Jesse Ventura's like, like, she needs it, you know, making fun of it. But (laughs) then, and I don't think this is on the version that you can watch that WWE puts on video now, but when I was a kid, I had the tape of the pay-per-view off of TV. So it wasn't like the official video release. And uh, they decided to interview Mary Tyler Moore in the audience, and they didn't coach her first. So the first thing (laughs) she does is, I love it here. It's the best combination of athletics and theatrics and you can see the interviewer just go oh,
0: no. oh okay fabe what what yeah. are you doing mary yeah. oh you
2: don't you don't no no especially back then you can't say that come on it's real but, yeah but she's such a nice lady no one was mad at her you know and it's like like everyone from the dick van dyke show mm. is supposed to be awesome and it's like <laughs> i'm mm. glad dick van dyke's still with us He's he's awesome. I sold him a monster costume once. Yeah, he's pretty cool with
0: us. He's like seven thousand years
2: old. <laughs> Dude loves Halloween, man. When I used to work at Halloween Town, he would come in every year.
3: Really? He probably yeah. still dresses up.
2: Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> uh, he wanted to try on like there's this giant monster costume. It's got like a foot tall extra oh. head and long arms, and he wanted That's to cool. wear that and my friend told me this and I'm like, Oh, I hope that thing doesn't end up his coffin or something like, put it on him easily. Just be careful. He's, he's a national treasure.
0: (laughs) Hmm. Well, so rest in peace to my friend snapper to Mary Tyler Moore, um, again, and I hope it's a long, long time before we have to start any more shows like that. Now we can get to the fun stuff because, Mm. um, people want to know who Carmen is. Uh, Like, you know, you're you're this actress that popped up on a show that all of us love and I'm sure that you have Plenty of fans from a lot of the other stuff that you do that we're totally going to to get into as well, but like Give us the basics like where'd you come from? I know that you're you're Puerto Rican, right? You're not Mm -hmm. Mexican You're actually Puerto Rican, right? You lived in Puerto Rico.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I was um, I was born in the Bronx And when I was in the Boogie down Bronx, and then uh, when I was 10 years old, my parents split up. So my mom took me with her to my grandma's house uh, to Puerto Rico when I was 10 years old. And then I grew up in Puerto Rico pretty much the rest of my life. until I was 17.
0: Oh, so you, I mean, you liked it high school and everything there
3: in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Yeah. And I joined the army from, from Puerto Rico.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, Okay, but you got to tell me, like, going from the Bronx to Puerto Rico, that's a pretty big jump. I mean, that's like a whole different culture reality, isn't it?
3: It totally is, especially when you're, you know, you go, you're like in the city in the Bronx and, uh, you know, in the projects, and then you go to Puerto Rico in the little barrio where... The houses are tiny and the streets are small and it goes from like big city to like little barrio in puerto rico and it was it was it was completely different but we used to go visit a lot we used to uh visit puerto rico we used to visit my grandma a lot so i i I always used to remember and always used to look forward to seeing my grandma because i loved her like i was crazy about her so every time we would go it's like oh we're gonna see grandma you know so uh, you had to be
0: the yeah. coolest kid in Puerto Rico, though, coming from from New York, right?
3: You know what's funny in Puerto Rico when you come from the states, even if you're Puerto Rican, they call you La Gringa. Uh, <laughs> oh. So they were like, "Oh, there's La the Gringa," you know? And I was like, "No, I'm not." Like, <laughs> so it's just funny. They, I don't know, they still do that. But I remember when I moved there at first, I was originally called La Gringa.
0: It's like yeah, to get your street cred.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um believe me i understand that i i don't get full credit for anything being mixed you know racially myself it's like i walk into a room with black dudes and i'm the light-skinned guy I walk into a room with white dudes i'm the black guy it's like i can't win
3: and then okay. you look puerto rican too so it's uh, like uh yeah. i'm sure you've gotten that as well
0: uh, yeah i lived in orlando for a while and yeah. um boy i was at uh uni or no i was at disneyland pleasure island when they had like that island of of bars yeah and I went to a big pun concert and, um, and it wasn't even a big deal cause I had a girlfriend at the time, but like the, the four hottest Puerto Rican girls in the universe came up and started talking to me in Spanish <laughs> and like, they just kept going and, and <laughs> like chatting me up and I'm like, just shaking my head and then see, sí, see. Sí. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, my boy like just hits me on the shoulder and he's just like, uh, no, habla Espanol and points at me and I'm just like, and the girl's just like, "Oh, that's a shame because you were cute," and just walked away. And I was like,
3: "Oh, <laughs> had
0: 20 minutes of stuff to say in Spanish, but nothing to say in English." Huh? Oh, but yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> go, I would get the Puerto Rican thing a lot. Like I don't get Mexican too much, but definitely a lot of people in Orlando and even in Cleveland and New York would right. think I was Puerto Rican all the time. But right, you do kind of look like Sabio Vega with
2: less um, less forehead scars, Justin. Oh, thank you. I don't blade it. I
0: don't blade enough. Yeah.
3: Um,
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, wait. So you said you went dire- directly into the army at 17. How do you go into army at 17? Don't you have to be 18?
3: Um. No. Uh, well, I graduated from high school when I was 17 and my mom had to sign for me. So, oh. yeah. So I actually wanted to join. Like I, I used to have a job in high school and I used to walk by the army recruiting office every day and, that's how uh, I just kind of took the test without telling her.
4: <laughs> and then
3: uh, and then, uh, and then I told her I did it and they were calling her, of course, and, you know, wanting me to join. And uh, she signed for, she wanted me to do it. So, I mean, she, she actually was okay with it. So.
0: Now, so you said you wanted to do it, but was it for the opportunities? Was it patriotism? Like, what was kind of the, what was the catalyst for you personally to, to want to do something like that?
3: um it's like every it was a combination of all of it because um you know we didn't grow up we grew up on welfare we didn't have a lot of money we were on food stamps and uh you know my mom it was just me and then my brother and my sister they were little babies when i joined um and i, I just nobody in my family at the time had been to college and no and i didn't really you know the school system at least in the school i went to they didn't have a advisors to tell you how to join school go to college and i just didn't i just thought okay if i join the army i can go to college i get to travel and i you know and i can figure out what i want to do with my life uh then and um yeah i guess that was i mean i also wanted to be a part of you know um serving the country and yeah
0: well, clearly it, it worked. I mean, I, I, it definitely wasn't a bad idea because it seems to have gotten you to the places you were trying to get to. It got you into college yeah, and yeah. It got you, mm-hmm. you know, it, pretty well established for yourself. Um, now, while yeah. you were in the Army, though, did you just stay like a private? Did you get moved up? Did you, did you get stationed Stay a anything? private?
3: What? Uh, that's what I'm saying. Come Don't on. Even... We, know, we know you got <laughs> bigger aspirations than that. <laughs> Who are you to... talking to here? <laughs> <laughs> No, I was, uh, I was, uh, I, I was, a, I became a sergeant. So I, I was oh, you shit. Know, sergeant, it, hotness, Sar- sergeant hotness then Sergeant hotness. I know, I know, <laughs> I know it's funny, uh, but I was a sergeant. Um, I was, uh, yeah, I was sergeant when I was 21 years old. I turned sergeant and, um,
0: that's solid. I yeah. mean, that's, that's a couple years then yeah. moving right on up.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty think- hardcore. I'm pretty hardcore when I get into something. I uh, kind of just go for it. And-
0: did
1: you ever think of becoming an officer or?
3: I did. I actually thought, that's funny that you say that. I was thinking of going to OCS and applying mm-hmm. for OCS and they just, you go to school while you're doing OCS or you go, you do two months of OCS, which is uh, officer candidate school if you're yes. enlisted and then, uh, you can take the college classes. Cause I was taking college classes the whole time I was in the army. I I was in for six years and I was taking night classes. So that's how I, I had like already two years of college classes when I got out or two and a half. Oh um, wow! yeah. That's and,
2: where, did you, where did you go to school?
3: Um, well I finished, I got my bachelor's degree at George Mason university and cause I was stationed in DC and what was cool about dc was um i ended up getting a top uh, top secret clearance so i ended up working at the pentagon nice and i worked at the military district of washington and i was actually doing financial stuff that i really can't talk about much but it was really really a great experience and um while i was there is when i decided i want to stay with the government and stay keep working for the government because i had such a good position And uh, so I started studying government and international politics thinking, you know, that's where I wanted to keep going and to become like the next Madeleine Albright or something. At the time, she was the secretary of state. Well, it sounds
0: like you you could have done that. I mean, that's that's a pretty impressive resume for anybody who's out here in L.A. I mean, most of the rest other than. Casey who's got real degrees or just like (laughs) on some half a degree trying to do something cool. And, but you like have actual qualifications for real things.
3: Yeah. But then of course I came out here and became an actress (laughs) and I'm not (laughs) using any of it.
0: Yeah. Um, But that's still, but that's still cool because you know how people think about actresses and it's like, Oh, you know, you waited tables for five years until, you know, somebody found you for something and like you don't have any other skills or talents. Like people make those false assumptions about people yeah. all the time and they don't know that like no there's something deeper here like you mm-hmm. you served in the military, you know, you have a degree, you could have been, you know, running half the country. Um, you know, that's yeah. that's pretty cool in my opinion. Oh, thank you. Well those thank life experiences also those life exper- I-
1: experiences I can't talk um really <laughs> help when you're when you're telling stories uh as an artist or or as an actor, actress. Um I find it's 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 really valuable as opposed yeah. to someone who's just coming in with sort of a blank slate and they're trying to imagine what what they could bring to a story, whereas like with your life story, from what you've already told us, you've already had a lot that you've overcome a lot that you've worked really hard for
0: i mean did that yeah. make Absolutely. you make more resilient for dealing with Hollywood, especially i mean like you know, having a, a, you know, a not privileged upbringing and then going through the military service and working hard on your degree, like, does that give you more resiliency oh, yeah. out here? Cause
3: Absolutely, because you're rejected every day, you know, like when, you know, you're you're an actor and you, you bust your your ass like studying, you know, you're like working on this character and you go audition and then you don't get the part or you almost got the part and then you're re- it's rejection after rejection until you get you know, a few parts here and there. So, um, I think, uh, the military and just my whole life, I've always worked hard. Like I've always studied hard. I've always worked hard. I just, that's been my personality. So, um, but the military, I think being in the military and coming out here to Hollywood, it makes you kind of deal with the BS a little bit better. You know, the Mm -hmm. Hollywood stuff and the the noise, you get to cancel out the noise a little bit better than, than I think most people.
0: Well, and 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 you know, pardon my French, but I have to imagine that it keeps people from fucking with you too. That you,
3: oh yeah, <laughs> <that> <laughs> well, that we you've can, been in the I army and you, you
0: know you grew up, you know, in Puerto Rico and the Bronx. <laughs> like, you're yeah. not the person I see people trying to push around too much.
3: Yeah, I look very sweet, but you can't push me around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, no. I like
0: to be a fly on the wall when somebody pushes you just a little bit too far one of these times.
3: Ooh, <laughs> see what Yeah. You might see it one day. I don't know.
0: (laughs) It'll be Casey. It won't be me. It might be be on the show. You never know. I don't mess with anyone that's a sergeant. Sergeant
2: Potter, (laughs) bro. Come on. I don't want to get put in the Cobra Clutch.
3: (laughs) Right. Oh, man. Wrestling. Wrestling. Wrestling.
0: (laughs) It's it's always wrestling with Casey, though. He is a a font of information about wrestling mm -hmm. that, you know. I love it. I could have seen every single match that Casey has seen, but I, there's no way I'd ever be able to remember it the same way he does.
2: It's a curse <laughs> yeah. and a blessing, Justin. Like, I I can't remember important things, but will my <laughs> pop culture thing stay here forever? Well,
3: That's good. So I'm glad to study of, for a
2: test so. and I'm
0: screwed, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
3: what
0: were you going to say, Byron? Were you going to say something important?
1: i was gonna i was gonna say uh based on what we're talking a little bit ago um about how uh how like there's a little bit of a um how you're unique in the world of wrestling right now with lucha underground part of what lucha underground brings um to wrestling tv they bring people who aren't wrestlers or who aren't in the business you're you're unique and um and just in general as an artist as an actress um you have a specific upbringing, specific past that kind of gives you a unique voice. And like with your painting that's behind you, uh, with the painting that you had at the LACMA, and you had a video oh. um, a while ago about it, I wanted to ask you uh, about your unique voice. How would you describe it? Um, how is it based in your military uh, background or your personal background as someone who's
0: been a Damn, lot of places? Is deep. I love it.
3: <laughs> How is my voice? Uh, I know. It's so deep. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to dig a little bit. Uh, I didn't think
0: you were going to come on the wrestling podcast and like have to think. Man, Byron Byron. <laughs> <my
3: life>. <laughs> it's good. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, my voice. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't understand exactly what you're getting at, well, but I, like, I well, think who, it's a. Uh, Uh, as an artist and as an actress and as a musician i just i have passion like uh, my voice is passion for whatever i do so Mm -hmm. like you were mentioning the the uh uh, video for lacma i I did a video where i was live painting
0: it's uh, Um, a conversation right
3: a conversation it was a conversation on terrorism because um, I had just, uh, you know, all these, you know, the terrorism attacks, like had, ISIS had been attacking, like Paris had happened and all this stuff had happened. And then, uh, the attack in Brussels happened. And for some reason I was just, I was really edgy when that, that day I was just like, oh, this is so fucking frustrating. I don't know if I'm supposed to curse or yeah, you can. I can't it's curse, fun. but it was so frustrating. And so I was just, uh, and then I happened to be doing this program, the veterans make movies program where LACMA Get a group of veterans and we can make a little three minute film and have it on their website. And I was like, well, I'm just going to, you know, film myself making this painting. And, uh, and I just did it. I just was like, I just went just crazy. I just, you know, when I I get something in my head, I just go and like, I I couldn't stop painting. I've been painting for days and days and days. And, uh, I guess my voice is, uh, expressing myself uh artistically with passion with whatever it is that's moving me at the moment so it could be a role like uh captain vasquez and pushing the you know uh joy ryan and ricky ray cortez's uh buttons or uh whether it's painting or if i'm writing a song you know whatever it is it's, it's just uh i think passion is important
0: well so how did you go from from you know being in the army and going to college to acting like where was the transition in there when you woke up someday and I I get that you always had the passion in you but at some point in time it takes some kind of gumption to be like yeah yeah forget all that stuff I'm gonna go to New York or LA and I'm gonna act
3: no no it's so (laughs) funny it's so funny it was weird it was um so I used to read the newspaper every day not anymore but when I was studying international politics I had to read the newspaper every day because we're constantly writing papers so I'm reading the newspaper and in the back of the newspaper in the, in the Washington post, actually, there were articles, um, these ads, like, do you want to be in movies? Take a class for the weekend. And I'm like, that would be something fun and different to do. Like, you know, I had never thought of acting. Nobody in my family had been an actor. I just wanted to do it for fun. And that weekend I went to this class, I paid like 150 bucks and, um, it was, it was like this whole new experience that i was i got it they give you they give you the scene and you get to do the scene with these uh with the casting director and the casting director happened to be from puerto rico too which is like i think the only casting director that happened to be from puerto rico from levy town like you know he was from new york actually from the bronx too and um his family was from levy town which is part of toa baja which is where i'm from so i thought okay this is a sign and he actually said, "You have a Have you ever done this before?" I said, "No," and he said, "If if you ever if you continue doing it, keep in touch because I really you have a very natural thing about you." And I thought, "Well, this is crazy. Like I never thought of acting. You know, like it was just weird." And so I was still. I think I had another three months left of for graduating, and I thought, "Well, let me um, finish my degree. I'm going to finish it and then study a lot about acting and see." what the business is like, and and J-Lo was blowing up, Ricky Martin was blowing up at the time, like all the and Mark Anthony had just come up with his uh, crossover album in English, and like all this stuff was happening with Puerto Ricans. And I thought, well, I don't know, maybe I should just try it. And so I graduated and then literally the next month I was driving out to LA and not knowing anything. I stayed in a motel with my savings for the first week and like, yeah, it was nutty, but it was cool. I'm here, you know, that's how I started.
0: Well, so did you, like, how long did it take before you started landing stuff?
3: I started landing, I think, like, a month later, I, did, I had a little part in an indie film. Like, I'm crazy. Like, I go in it, and I'm like how do i how do i what and i'm sending my headshot to every person i was sending my headshot to production companies and this is like before internet so like you know you just find the you get the directory or whatever i found some directory at the library and i'm like making envelopes with my headshots and cover letters with my stamped resume with fake credits i was like (laughs) not even union i was not even union i'm just sending everybody in the world my headshot and resume and uh i mean i got and then i was there was the uh backstage backstage has like more indie films for Mm -hmm. starters so i got like my first little indie part through auditioning for something like that so yeah
0: i think the the first movie like i was going through your imdb and i was like see what i've seen that that carmen was in and it was a movie and of course at the time i didn't know who you were when i saw it but it was a legal tender, and oh Yeah, And then I remember very little of it, but weren't you like a serious gangster with the drug dealer dudes in that movie? I was a
3: killer. I mean, I had a gun. Oh, so this is actually a funny story because uh, so in the army, as when you're enlisted, I was a sergeant. And uh, when you're enlisted, you only qualify with the M-16 rifle and the machine gun. I mean, in basic training, you have the uh, AT-4, which is the bazooka. uh the 4 yeah so you 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 do it once you shoot with a machine gun and you have the m15 rifle but i had never shot a handgun that's usually the officers have handguns so in this movie they're like oh so you're gonna shoot a nine millimeter and you should be able to know that because you were in the army i'm like actually i never shot a handgun before but i can shoot a grenade launcher yeah yeah, but i can shoot everything else in the world i can bomb the whole building here but i can't do a freaking. Uh, Handguns, so I thought that was kind of funny and so anyway uh, Yeah, so I'm in the beginning of the movie me and this other girl. were the assassins and back in the 80s with the 80s big hairdo and the 80s everything well,
0: Yeah, no, it wasn't filmed in the 80s, but it was supposed to be portraying the 80s. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah So you, but were you know what's
3: cool about that movie? It was my first movie that I booked on location. So and it was in Puerto Rico We shot the first two weeks in Puerto Rico and then no wait One week in Puerto Rico and one week in New York. So that was cool too. It was my first time like going somewhere to shoot a movie and you know. Oh, I,
0: so you were living out here and then basically you flew back to both of your homes to shoot.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, right? Isn't. So that was like so exciting too, you know. Uh, oh, your so friends you saw the movie. You That's so cool.
0: than showing up like, "Hey, what's up? I'm back. I'm in a movie, y'all."
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I got my sister to uh come and be like an extra in the party scene. So <laughs> Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Nice. I it's
0: got I got your friends along
1: I got to interrupt with a shout out from the, uh, it's not really a question from the chat room. Uh, John RRC, otherwise known as J Ray, uh, wants to say respect for not only serving our country, but pursuing uh, your dreams without hesitation.
3: Thank you, J Ray. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
2: J Ray is
0: a huge fan. I know this. He's one Thank of my you, best Ray. Yes.
3: Uh,
4: ah, yeah.
0: J-Ray's the man. You'll see him. Uh, yeah. you, there you've is the man. You've probably seen him quite a bit on Lucha Underground, too, because he's one of the uh, the front row clowns that's uh, there yucking it up with us a whole bunch. <laughs>
4: yeah, it's like <laughs> us oh. and him.
0: Yeah. Well, he's got the pretty face, though. So the camera loves J-Ray more yeah, so than yeah. pretty much Everyone else in the
1: crowd. <laughs> He's the one who makes all the
0: signs too for
1: the
2: Ultima Luchas, which is oh, awesome.
4: Really? Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: He makes a lot. He of makes them. a lot of crazy Pentagon signs.
0: Yeah, the Lucha kind of, Click is yeah. the Lucha Click is deep, Carmen. It's deep. It's strong. Yeah. <laughs> um, so okay, so since we're talking about your acting, um, give people a little flavor for some of the other stuff that you've done. Like, what stuff have you liked doing? is there anything you've absolutely hated? If you'll tell us like, like what's, what's <laughs> your acting trajectory and career been like, what are the, what are the high points and low points?
3: Well, let me think. Well, I have uh, worked, I worked on uh, two films with the same director and he was a yeller and that was never fun, but you want to be the actor that just does their job. And you know, actually I never got yelled at myself, but he was yelling at everybody on set and, if you literally had an idea, like uh, the camera guy had an idea to sh- move the cameras. Like, did I say to do that? I mean, it was really bad where he was just a screamer. And uh, so that wasn't so nice. I, I don't really, you know, as as tough as I can be, I don't really like being around that. Like, I like being mm-hmm. peaceful and, and having a good time. So, um, but um, most of the experiences have been great. And um, one funny thing, actually. Um, Uh, a funny experience I had. uh, And this was an audition. Uh, So I remember auditioning for Everybody Hates Chris. You know that TV show, Chris Rocks TV show? So I was auditioning, and they were looking for this hot girl that she's getting out of the tickets in in the courtroom, you know? And Chris Rocks' mom is, like, getting ticketed for something minor. But this hot chick, just because she's hot, she gets away with murder, right? And uh, so, uh, oh, there's, like, 20 girls in the room, and everybody's, like, just beautiful and I'm like oh great like uh, how am I gonna do this like this is ridiculous and so on the spot I thought hello this takes place in Brooklyn and I can do Rosie Perez no problem you know I my last name is Perez too and I just went ahead and did it and I decided to do it on the last minute and you know what I got the pot I got the pot so Anyway, uh, that's how I got the part. It was just crazy. No, I did it, and Debbie Allen, who's a big choreographer, she was directing the episode, and um, she was there at the callbacks. I got a callback, and I just started off like, oh, hi, how are you doing? Nice to meet you. And then all of a sudden, I turn on Rosie Perez vibe, and uh, it was like uh, she starts cracking up, and I'm trying to stay serious and like mm-hmm. do my ro- my thing, and and uh, and I got the part. So anyway, thank you Rosie for inspiring me. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: right, all. Yeah. Debbie Allen's huge. That's crazy. Like, was that
2: intimidating at all? Like, she's kind of like
0: she's huge I to know. people like me, Casey, 30%. because I'm old. I remember fame. I was, I was into fame when I was, I wanted to go to the school of the arts because of Debbie Allen.
3: Oh yeah. She's the, she's, I mean, I was, I was intimidated. Yeah. It was like, oh, she's, but she was cool. She was very cool. Like she was very, uh, she was focused. She was very, it's like skip, you know, like very focused on set. We were just like, okay, we're going to, I have a mission and this is what we're going to do. And like, this is, you know, she was very cool and, but very focused and not much else going on
2: so skip doesn't yell at people is that what we're hearing we i, didn't, I didn't get
3: any yelling going <laughs> on i don't know <laughs> if that happens it's not when i'm around
2: well i we mentioned know. him like twice a week on the show and he
0: still hasn't come on so have we ever huh. even asked skip i don't even know if we've gotten to skip yet
3: no we're
0: we'll still, still working on Stolman. These. we'll beg him to come on Stolman. Oh, does we mean, didn't talk about Stolman.
3: yet
0: stallman is a myth. Stolman is not a myth. He, somebody has to ring the bell. I've seen a Speaking of. Go uh,
1: ahead, Byron. I'll, I'll let you talk. Thank you. Speaking of funny stories, like I'm going to let you talk. From, from, no, I'm not. I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> so, uh, what is it like to act with what we like to call non actors or professional wrestlers? What, what is it like? You're talking act? about Joey Ryan, aren't you? Yeah. You're
0: talking about Joey, aren't you? Yeah. Joey Cortez. Uh, oh. oh, Ricky can, can act. act. So well, you're I'm talking just, about Joey.
4: I'm talking
0: <laughs> about anyone
1: specifically. These are all men who are much tougher sorry, than me. Spot, and I'm not going to. Joey
0: kick your ass. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, <laughs> awesome.
1: don't want to lose a fight to Joey. That's for sure. But what's, li- what's so, it like to act with them? It has to be very unconventional.
3: It's it actually, I, I don't see it that way. I don't know it's unconventional but they you know we usually have to work the lines and practice a little bit more than I have before but I love it like I you know I'm all about uh, whatever the other actor needs from you I believe that when you're acting Mm -hmm. is a team thing so uh, I might be the one needing more to run it more before we go on and that's just how it is you know and, uh, and I think in this situation, usually they want to work on it a little bit more and I love, it, but I love it. Like, so I, I, to me, it's not unconventional. It's like dep- every actor is different. Some actors don't want to practice at all. Like they're like, no, leave me alone. I don't want to talk. And. Well, you know, I, just, I would, just, I would like, think
0: that those guys got to feel like they have to step it up because they're some of the few guys in the locker room that are in scenes with an actual actor but yeah i mean i think they yeah. do great too but i think yeah. maybe you're probably bringing them up you know you're elevating them because you're you're the pro in the room right you and skip when you guys do those scenes are the guys that that have done this stuff before and they've done wrestling stuff i'm assuming though yeah, i don't but know what don't you think don't you think
3: uh, to me wrestling has a little bit of uh, acting involved i think uh your character when you get into wrestling a little bit, like there's a, a I think actors, you know, you you uh, embrace some kind of some part of yourself that is that that role, and I think that's what wrestlers do, you know.
0: I agree. I just yeah. think, I I just wonder at times like, and I've heard I've heard some of the wrestlers say this before is like, they can go out in the ring and cut the best promo in the world, feeding off of you know, forty fans to forty thousand fans, like getting that vibe and they get used to it as scary as it might be at first, but they get used to acting in a different kind of way. But then they get backstage and they got a guy like Skip there and then a professional actor like yourself in the scene. And, and there's just lights and crew around and it becomes a different thing. Like you don't, no, it the is. Same yeah. you don't know if it's cheesy or if you're coming off right. And I'm just thinking like, well, at least they got Carmen in the room. Cause then they can bounce off of her and she can be like, no, nah, nah, you need to, you need to run that back. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we've had a few times here and there, but there, you know, usually we run it like a decent amount before we go on, you know, uh, for the most part. So,
0: so are those two especially? Are they like cutting up a bunch when you guys are doing scenes? Like Joey strikes me as the kind of guy who is definitely always on and and kind of cutting it up and having a good time.
3: Oh yeah, we. I think we all we always have a great time. Like we're serious when like we're actually shooting, but it, it, they're awesome. I love I love 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 working on the show. Like I think it's it's one of the nicest best crews I've worked with. Like and you know especially with the actors with Joey Ryan and, um, and Ricky Reyes.
0: Well, and these guys have mentioned uh, Skip. What's it like working with Skip? Like, you know, is, is mm-hmm. his process similar to, like, working on a feature, or is it more... Yeah. ...approach more like a commercial, or, like, you know, what's what's his kind of directing process with you guys? He's
3: very, um, I... He's very prepared. Like, I love working with him, too, because I'll come in, and, like, the thing is with uh, Lucha that's a little different than other stuff is that you don't get the whole script you just get your scenes. Um, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but you don't, so I don't know what's going on around any anything else. So you get your scenes, and sometimes you're talking about something that, you know, you're like, oh, so, so I create my own little like backstory and like have this whole thing going on. And then I go on and he tells me and he's like, oh, well maybe, you know, think about this. So he's actually very prepared to kind of guide you and give you like the real backstory or some sort of um I mean he's on he's like on and so on and focused like I love working with him and he's very calm and like it's just like let's just shoot and let's okay let's just do it again and think about this now and it's I mean he's great like it's
0: now dude does uh DJ or Roach or EB Dub or any of the other producers show up and kind of tell you anything about where they're going with the stories or is it all coming from Skip?
3: No it's just Skip. I don't get any, any juicy details. So I'm just as, I'm just as, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I'm just as, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in the future.
2: So you're in the dark <laughs> like so when you, when you yeah. only get your scene, when you actually watched the show for the first time with you on it, what did you think of like how crazy the rest of the show was?
3: i was yeah i thought it was crazy yeah my (laughs) my uh but you know it's funny it's like my stepdad used to watch lucha libre every saturday every weekend when back in puerto rico so uh i know how crazy it can be but lucha underground is like special like it's different it's better it's like better wrestling better overall everything like i think so but i was like whoa like that's crazy and when i went to the live show you know, there's a lot of blood and like I remember the first time I went there was like blood everywhere. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like I had never seen that. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh,
0: well, and it, the first time you, you went to a live show and then I think Eric told me the next day was like, dude, should have been here yesterday. I would have, I would have introduced you guys to Carmen and blah, blah, blah. Oh, <laughs> but, I normally go. I would always go on Sundays, and I think you came on a Saturday or something. I'm trying yeah. to figure
2: out which show it was with the blood because there were so many shows of blood. Oh, uh, it's hard to tell.
3: Actually, you know the okay. So I did one show that had the blood the first time, and then the second time was when. uh what's his name, like, totally cut himself, like, on the wrist where he they yeah. had to take him to the emergency after yeah. really that.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was the, the so top, it's both times
3: top. that I went, it was, like, massive blood, and it was, like, craziness, so. Yeah, that
0: yeah. was definitely the time that, that Eric was rubbing it in my face because I showed up the next day, and he was like, dude, why were you not here yesterday? What is wrong with you? And I was uh, just like, what are you talking about? It's like, Matanza's punching through windows, and Carmen was here, and, like, all this stuff was going on. I would have had you, like, hey, like, man this stinks
3: <laughs> next time i'll tweet that i'm going and i'll make sure no, you're i think you,
4: i
0: think you even yeah. did that time. oh i did I yeah you did just, that just go just go both days well i yeah dude uh, the, the, the whole weekend of of lucha underground is that's it's a lot really for an ah! old man i'm an <laughs> old awesome. old old man
3: yeah you don't look old <laughs> trying my hardest Thank not you.
0: to, but when i take I the mask it. off it's all oldness <laughs> she was talking about <laughs> Byron and I have wow. a birthday on the, like the same day, but his is like it's 10 years old. So but we're not the, the same way.
1: age. Yeah, no, you're- Very like obviously 18. we're not the
2: same age. Yeah, me and Byron went to high school together. He was a teacher and I was a student. <laughs> no. no, no. So it's like
3: generation um, and generation and generation.
0: <laughs> yeah, everyone I'm thinks I'm one. the young one. Out of the Oh, no,
1: do they? Do they?
0: Yeah, yeah they do. They do, Byron. <laughs> do they? It's funny how that that works um so uh, we're talking about you you coming into lucha underground how the hell did you get this job this is like it's robert rodriguez's network it's this crazy lucha libre show um so and you're puerto rican you're you're not mexican which most of the wrestlers are from mexico even though a few of them are also puerto rican um, hey shout out to no no muertes bro he's from Puerto. Yes, Rico. No, and shout katrina's out. katrina's uh puerto rican too isn't she
3: no, but no. Uh, what's her name? Evelise is. Evelise
0: is Puerto Rican. Oh, Ivelisse. Ivelisse. Not
3: Katrina, but Evelise is. For sure. yeah.
1: are, you, are you and Evelise best friends?
3: <laughs> We're not. I only met her once, so. Okay. Uh, but she's cool, especially because um, she's Puerto Rican.
0: <laughs> well, so so, how do you get this job? Is this like you know, is this director's access or something? <laughs> like, how do you find this gig?
3: No, my manager actually got me an official audition. They actually have uh, this great casting director. Uh, and my manager got me the audition. It was like a regular audition. You just go to the, you know, yeah. Well,
0: you must have killed it because, like I said, Eric seemed pretty happy about it. And, oh,
3: that's, good. and that's good. And if he wasn't, he'd
0: be like, "Yeah, you know, we cast some parts," <laughs> but he yeah. wasn't. He was, and we
3: don't know anything about them, you know. Yeah. No, it's been. It was. It was. Yeah, it was a cool audition too. Um, yeah.
0: That's That's awesome because it's. I mean. I wonder how many parts they've done that for. I can't imagine that there's been a whole lot of open calls for Lucha Underground. I have to imagine you're probably one of the few, if not the only person that actually ever got called for a real audition for the show. Like everybody else. Yeah.
3: Right. Maybe. I don't know.
0: I mean, mean, there's no other straight actors on the show except,
3: I don't think Lorenzo Lamas had Lorenzo, to audition.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, that'd be great if he had a Like uh, Lorenzo, can you can you come read for our wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Justin, I, I just want to thank you for
2: continuing to kayfabe Dario Cueto as being the actual owner and not another actor. No, wow, why no, would you,
1: uh, even why would you bring that up? Because I
2: want to ask what it's like to work with them. If, okay, you, well, if you had why would you,
1: you want to work? How, well, what, what's it like to work with a man uh,
0: of class sure. and grandeur? Yeah, get it right. To floor. Floor. I have
3: never done a scene with Dario Cueto. I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to. Like, I. I, my, uh, Captain Vasquez wants to. She can't wait to get her hands on Dario Cueto. But it hasn't happened yet.
2: That was us trying to sneak in some, like, spoilers. But you got, you got <laughs> it. Dun,
0: dun, dun. Yeah. We don't want, we don't want spoilers. because Okay, we have well, to well then let's ask, it, let's ask it a non spoiler way then. Okay. As I chew the olive from my coffee was oh, that an olive
3: mug. i was actually thinking is that like a lollipop or
0: no i'm not seeking <laughs> it. Don't too much this is um i'm drinking from our mask mats and mayhem coffee mug but yeah. uh it's a martini so it
3: is nice. yeah it's, well cheers it's not classy
0: at all it's, it's <laughs> so not classy show martinis in a coffee mug but we don't we don't have mmm show branded martini glasses we have to you fix might that, have Byron. to
3: yeah you have to fix that Mm-hmm. That's yeah. our
1: next Teespring um, limited edition. Uh, Charlie, product. get
4: to
0: work. Um,
3: hey, I want one of your mugs or one of your shirts or something. Can I get one? We will definitely
0: get you a shirt. The way we do them is really weird because we don't have regular merchandise. We do this company called Teespring where we design it and create it, and if you sell a certain amount, then they actually fulfill the order. If you don't sell the amount, they don't even fulfill the order. So then – but then when you do the order – that's it. They're gone after that. And the only way to oh. do more is we have to release it again and we have to meet a certain quota.
3: Wow. Okay. So anyway,
0: we're not sitting on boxes and boxes of shirts, right. because, not you sure. know, we're not as famous or cool as, you know, like you or the, the wrestlers or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's like, we're not going to sell 300 shirts a month. We're going to sell four. So why do these huge runs? But definitely the sense. next time like, I got shirts sitting here for EV dub and DJ that, uh, cool. Mm-hmm. We, we thought we were going to be seeing them soon, and because uh, we thought Lucha Underground was going to start taping again.
3: Well, we will find out when they start ah. taping again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, in and, and EB-Dub last yeah. week, he didn't seem worried. So nah. I feel good. I know a lot of other people don't feel good, and there's so much drama going on with talent and people like what's it like for you i mean you're you're not working twenty four seven on lucha underground anyway so Mm -mm. are you are you cool with waiting a couple extra months before you get to go back
3: yeah i'm not cool i like to work on the show so of course i i'm like not cool about it but (laughs) i have to be cool about it you know
0: well i mean uh, i'm sure it's tough for everybody it's like I thought I was gonna be working in spring and now I, I might be working <laughs> in fall.
3: Yeah. Yeah, oh no, it's it that's but that's the nature of uh the acting business. You you know, it's happened before. You just think you're gonna shoot now and it takes like another five months or three months or whatever to yeah. Well exactly. see, I
0: think honestly, you probably understand it a lot better than the wrestlers because mm-hmm. the wrestling business is like okay, I booked my indies or I'm working WWE and it's going more than I even want to be there, Right. you know, or, you know, they're going back and forth from new Japan to ring of honor. Like, I don't think they get it. Like Byron and I, as, as you know, reality show producers, even it's like, you got a show you're working, you're working real hard for three, four months straight. And then you have nothing.
3: Right. right. And then
0: the next show you were supposed to be on gets pushed or it gets retooled or, you know, like. And you have yeah, a-
3: you're used to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We have the show I'm on now was pushed three months. Oh, and Byron was crying about it. Constantly. I was a little yes. salty. I was. salty. Aww. I wasn't <laughs> crying. I was just.
1: <laughs> you weren't yeah, crying. You were that's cutting
2: that's on me. So you, you wouldn't have got to do that if the show was back on Byron. If what? If oh they yeah! Show back on you wouldn't have got to go to Ultima Lucha Trace, so it's all no. Good.
1: I still I still fly yeah. in for that. I fly from work on Friday. I drive to the airport. I do Ultima Lucha, and then I Legit go does to the airport. Really? And then He's I go working to the in Florida, after. by the way.
0: He's not what? like working around the corner. He fl- he's flown in for Lucha Underground shows from Florida from his job.
3: Wait, what? Are you serious? I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Oh wow!
0: Yeah, That's Lucha awesome. click believers are insane people, Carmen. I shot, I
1: shot. I shot I shot pickups for my last uh, season on the show still wearing the clothes that I wore when I watched um, Ultima Lucha um, that's like Gray and Puma, you know, all that stuff, like all the stuff that's going on and I, it were the whole temple is just mayhem, it's crazy, and then I got on a plane and I went to work the next day in the same Pentagon shirt, it was <laughs> great. Well, at least it wasn't
0: awesome. the time
2: we got like beer spit on us,
0: that happens a lot. <laughs> That's Ooh, just nasty, yeah. man, what? like like they sell shirts, you know, buy a shirt, dude, like get a clean <laughs> shirt. I, I, nice. I, have,
1: I bought a few.
3: Oh, that's cool. Oh, wow. Nice. Thank you.
1: I made this myself.
3: <laughs> nice. nice.
1: I love it. Thank you. I bought good it. Good
3: designer, good designer there. <laughs>
2: Sorry, I, I like how Justin's I mean, face froze in the box with like a face just completely disgusted
0: at Byron for a while. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: no, it, 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 everything froze. I was like, "What's going on there?"
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. it's probably I, was, I, I was my internet's been shoddy ever since these stupid storms. Yeah
2: um oh. and mine just always is i i i, I live in the boonies like
0: can i say yeah you live out in in the middle of nowhere okay so what i was getting at before we got yes. sidetracked with byron's funky shirts <laughs> let's um, <laughs> talk about my shirts i was i, like I was shirts. asking carmen in a non-spoilery way like i, I want to get to the well, what do you want to do in lucha underground you don't have to tell us what you have done already for season yeah, three you're gonna but get when a, a ring
2: someone's one ass. One. that's what we want we want to see just. Use that military training and like,
0: I don't know if I want to see her get in the ring, but maybe hmm. come, come to ringside or maybe, you know, some scenes in Dario's office or maybe bring I him know. out the end of days with her medallion and slap some people around. Like, <laughs> what do you want to do?
3: Please, please suggest that to the writers. <laughs> uh, what do I want to do? Um, Hmm. Well, I it would be cool to have some sort of uh, physical contact with someone. It doesn't have to be a full-on in-the-ring. Well, uh, I hope
0: it's not Joey Ryan. That's all I'm going to say.
3: No, I hope I don't get twisted by his, uh, yeah, that would be crazy. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, no. Are you doing
1: any training? Have you done any in-ring training?
3: I haven't trained in a while, but in the Army, I it was combat training. So we had uh, hand-to-hand combat and and uh some other we need to
0: get her in an angle with kill shot and dante fox Uh, we uh, can get (laughs) a
2: move that sergeant slaughter used to do where it was like a noogie on the side of their head yeah yeah noogie
1: submission hold yeah sergeant slaughter
3: yeah i would have to come up with my own moves and all that stuff i mean if the time comes uh, i will plan my little all my moves and you know
0: well, I got to think that some, some kind of time is coming. You've got that half a medallion and I got to imagine that somebody's either going to come after you to try to get it, or at some point that your character is going to try to use this item to, to further their agenda. And, and your agenda is obviously to thwart Dario and this weird plan, but it's, it, it, you could have issues with Katrina or something. I could see you coming to the temple and slapping a fool eventually. Oh, oh,
3: yeah, I can see that happening, too.
0: Yeah,
2: steal back that other part of that Friends Forever heart medallion and put them together. (laughs) (laughs) Uh
0: I mean, look, let's let's be honest. That's what we all want to see. We all want to see you like in the locker room, just beat Katrina down and take the other half of the medallion. Right.
3: That's what everybody wants to see. Right. You're you're in for a little surprise.
0: (laughs) I hope it's a good one. (laughs) I like, like, uh, honestly, we're always surprised by the general, like we go to a ton of tapings. Yeah. We know a lot of how the matches are going to pay off. So not of the backstage
2: stuff, we'll like, see we the
0: end of the storyline, but we have no clue what's going on backstage and the wrestlers don't, we can talk to them even off the show. They, don't, whatever. Have- <laughs> they don't have a clue either. Nobody knows except DJ and he's not telling Ev dub gets confused half the time with what's <laughs> going <laughs> on. Yeah.
3: Now it's uh in and, and you know again like I don't I don't know the whole storyline I just know a few things and I know some of the stuff that I've done and I filmed and you know so not are ever- you
0: excited about those few things that you've done Are you yes. looking forward to them?
3: I am very much looking forward to season uh the part two of season three uh, coming back on
0: and
1: season
3: yeah.
0: three part dose.
3: Sí, si, parte dos. Yes. Si.
0: See, <laughs> so we've got like 20 something episodes coming back. How many do you think you're going to be in? You think you get like four or five?
3: I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I, I mean, obviously, I don't, I'm not in that many, but um, I haven't been in that many before, so I don't really know. I don't know uh, how they're going to do that.
0: Well, I mean, I I'm kind of at
3: least one <laughs> that I know of
0: and in the way they're setting it up on the show like i feel like there there's mm-hmm. some good stuff coming for for joey and ricky so i gotta mm-hmm. assume that that's going to mean that, that there's definitely some some time for you to yeah. still be it although ricky didn't uh fare so well <laughs> the last couple times we've seen yeah. him at the temple on the show yeah we gotta get ricky to come on this show too and do some explaining he's got some explaining he's,
3: he, he's got some explaining to do yeah
0: Oh, dude, I love Lucy. I love that show. Yeah, that
2: dude's been Can't wrestling forever. Like, like Ricky Reyes. It's gotta be since like the late '90s. That dude's been wrestling. I think. Like, really? Yeah. Oh. Like he's been wrestling since he was like a teenager.
0: Oh wow! He looks like a teenager now. I know, right?
2: He <laughs> yeah. Hey. He looks younger than I look. He may be a vampire. I've never seen him during the daytime once in my whole life.
0: Okay, so, and that's the cool, that's the question we probably have to ask Carmen, because I don't know what exactly the medallion implies entirely, but it seems like your character's like 200 to uh, 1,000 years old.
3: What made you think
0: that? (laughs) She could have just found the medallion, dude. She could have been like walking down the street and said. No,
3: there was a scene where I I was was given the 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 medallion, but uh,
0: 1,000 years. Ago. It was like Aerostar long ago. We yeah. should have seen the people confused
2: if that was supposed to be you as a kid or not. Even like, the people same people that yeah. thought Vinny
0: was eating a you burrito. Yeah. I just I just want to say that I don't I don't
1: think we should be asking Carmen how old she is on the show because the last time someone asked uh, or got uh, podcast information about how old someone was on Lucha Underground, they got fired from Lucha Underground, and I don't want to get fired from being Yeah, but a that fan. was
0: before there was any oh.
1: implication of that character being older. We've seen her in the past. I just, I just don't want to MVP this, you know?
2: <laughs> All right. MVP ourselves? Oh, okay. I oh, boy, can't MVP say, ourselves. but
3: I just know, uh, you know, you can think whatever you like to think. <laughs>
0: well, you know, my, my whole take on this from the get-go was... Um, I really wanted Krista Joseph to write some hot women onto Lucha Underground that were less than 200 years old.
3: No.
2: Okay.
3: <laughs> <That> was- <laughs> a little a little more normal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he, said, he
2: did say between Game of Thrones
0: and Lucha Underground that it was messing with his head a little bit. I remember yeah, it's that. On- a little, <laughs> it's a little fetishy. I his thing with, with, like, not older women, but, like, centuries older women.
3: Yeah. That's a, that's a problem, huh? I, I heard oh, DJ- Is that parling?
1: Is you got a parling? <laughs> oh, Rosie's back.
3: <laughs> yeah, you got a parling with that? No, that was more like Scarface <laughs> or something. That was, I don't
1: that was Scarface. <laughs> I
4: love
0: that. <laughs> I, I thought it was- uh, dirty. What do I know? Yeah. Take to my
3: little friend, huh?
0: Um, all right. No. So, Carmen, there, there's this, there's a huge thing that we have not talked about yet. Yeah. And it's a huge part of your life. And it's another one of these crazy mysteries. Um, we talked a little bit about your painting but I still kind of want to know how you got into that but I also but you're also a musician and if you guys haven't heard it yet Carmen's got a new EP out and um she's a talented singer and performer as well on that front which is ridiculous like how 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 do you do all these things where'd you get this skill from
3: um uh I don't need you know my dad's a musician my my dad's side of the family uh my dad's a bass player he used to play bass in salsa bands my d- uncle's a saxophone player uh they both play guitar my grandpa was a player so i grew up with music but i didn't know i i just just sing for the family and not really think i was going to pursue it as a career um and my mom actually is a she can draw really well so she's a i mean she never pursued uh arts but she draws better than me actually so i got obviously a little bit of both of their things and i didn't think i was going to pursue any of them i used to draw as a kid little cartoons and little i used to make up my own little caricatures and but i didn't think uh I was gonna do it like it was you know it's just uh so it's, it's all things.
0: genetics that just means the rest of us are all completely screwed i mean it's no just good no teams. i
3: mean i had to work i had to work at it like it's not like songwriting i've learned to songwrite. i had to practice and i had to like work at songwriting and and structure and singing you know i don't think uh it's you know finding your voice as a singer is a whole nother thing that you know you could be a a good singer or an okay singer or a decent singer, but finding your voice as a singer and like what, what works better for your voice, that takes time and work and practice and
0: stuff. Well, it also takes money to record an album too. Like where did this come about? Did you, you, this isn't the first album you've done either, right? Like how'd you get into actually being a recording artist?
3: Um, Well, I was an actress when I got my first, um, I was an actress and I got a deal with a dance label. Um, and I, we ended up releasing a, two singles that I got in the charts In the bill, there was dance, dance music. So it was very EDM. Um, yeah. and, uh, we got in the charts in billboard and the UK pop charts. And, um, so those, uh, you know, I had to spend money with, even though I was with a small label, I had to spend some money to pay partial. For part of the producers fees right. and stuff like that
0: um which but, is fairly standard by the way especially yeah. if you're not assigned huge artist that people right. don't know i right. did music when i first moved out here and was yeah. a recording engineer and producer what kind of music
3: were you doing there. new metal really
0: like, my first my first album that i really worked on was the very first papa roach record i'm dating myself now for sure um and then i worked on alien ant farm and i worked on uh uh the <laughs> come my lady come come my lady guys whatever the hell their name was and uh, sure
3: i play. know that yeah,
0: but i uh, uh, shout out uh, helmet, helmet, helmet rules i, cold play. Yeah, I didn't shout work on that? the helmet record that was the uh, record i didn't work on oh, oh, my <laughs> Dan, every, oh, oh no well i was the i was the assistant manager at the studio then and those guys were really awesome and page was really awesome but i was not like I was assistant manager there when the uh, when the first Linkin Park record got made too. Like this oh, is cool. late late 90s, early two. I'm gonna say early 2000s to make myself not sound too old. Um, That's
3: awesome, yeah.
0: But, and and I worked on some pop R&B stuff too. I was the uh, Pro Tools guy on like the Crystal Harris uh, Supergirl song and some other stuff that one of the Backstreet Boys produced and worked That's with cool. Ever Everlast and a couple of those guys. But that was like three careers ago, and and the, but the music <laughs> business is hard yeah tv is tv is way better than the music business this is this is a hard industry
3: when you're making tv is easier but when you're trying to get a tv job is hard (laughs) i think um but you know did the album the album took three years though it was like uh because you know when you can't pay someone what they deserve to get paid uh they have other things to do that pays them their bills so it took three years and i was going to music school because i actually wanted to learn music theory and uh like actually know what i was doing and become a better songwriter and and work on my voice so i actually was going to music school under this program that i had to audition for this herb albert had a program at lacc in la here and uh so i did that program while i was doing the album and i was taking 17 units in a semester so i was going crazy and uh, anyway it took three years did that? It was kind of more experimental, and then uh, this album. We I was originally going to work on a Latin, sort of Latin jazzy album, and that didn't come through. So then I started working with this producer, and he's Scandinavian. He does Scandinavian pop, and with my Latin influence and his Scandinavian pop, we sort of merged the two, and it's kind of a nice combination of the two. So, and we just knocked it out. He works. He works the way I do. Like we work really, really, uh, just, we just go for it and we're like on a mission and we want to finish it by this date and we just go for it and finish it. And it's the first time I've worked with someone where they were as, uh, focused as I have been. So, which is nice. Well, it's pretty okay. cool
2: too. Cause Scandinavian, you either go pop or you go death metal. So <laughs>
3: yeah, right. Right. It'll <laughs> be the exactly. next record.
0: That'll be, it'll be Carmen sounding That's- like Gojira. Be- <laughs> yeah. <Well. laughs> Oh man, oh, well, throw, throw some love out there. Who, who are the people that you worked with on the album? If there's anybody you want to shout out on it and, and where can people find it?
3: The, uh, well, Sigurd Rosnes is the producer that I worked with and, uh, um, you can find the album on, he's not on social media a lot. He doesn't have a public page, but you can find him on Wikipedia. and and we're working on the website. Uh, for the producer Sigurd Roseness. if S I, I know it's a weird name, so S I G U R D, and then R O S N E S, and then you can find the music on uh, everywhere, like Spotify, iTunes, uh, Amazon. I have no physical copies. Which one, which
0: one pays you the most? That's the yeah. one we want to play.
3: Probably iTunes. <laughs>
0: iTunes, okay. ITunes.
3: Spotify is like you don't, Nobody buys the actual album; it's by plays. So, uh, it takes a million million plays to make like, I'm sure. Wait, what was that? I didn't hear. If you got
0: a million hits on Spotify, I'm sure that would probably help your cause. That would,
3: that would help. Yes. But uh, everyone everyone
0: should go to, when you go to sleep, open up Spotify. Yes. Get
1: Carmen's album up, press play. And just let it go mute your and make mute it
0: repeat your records uh your uh, your speakers i don't know what i'm saying well see you mute have to speaker. because if you leave the speakers Press on you're you yeah. to wake up in the middle of the night dancing or you know yeah. if it's the you dreaming
3: about space <laughs>
0: no when you wake up turn them on so you can listen to it and start your day
1: but just have it play and repeat this is a, you should re- everyone should do this have it i should have worn my nasa thing.
0: shirt i forgot you totally have a space thing right what to do, yeah. do yeah. that's what I saw a rocket launch a few nights ago.
3: You did? It was
1: awesome. I'm, I'm about an hour south at Cape Canaveral, and I'm on the beach, and I see the rocket <gasps> launch at night.
3: It's no. incredible. Oh Well, I, went to, I was supposed to watch one, and then they uh-huh. scrubbed it because of weather conditions. Yeah. And I couldn't stay till the next oh. day. And it was two days later when they finally did it. And it was like, ah! Oh, yeah. That's so cool that you got to see that. That's so fun.
0: So where, where did the time. space thing come from? How, how you, you seem to be very into it.
3: Oh, I, I love space. Like it was like always a thing and, you know, growing up and watching space stuff and, you know, looking at the sky and wondering like what, what, what it would turn is what planet and like, you know, uh, but it didn't come, like, I didn't really make it an active choice until I decided to write music that had sort of space. Like use it as a lyric, like metaphors for life. And uh that's when I started kind of using it more in my art. Well,
0: there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I mean, David Bowie is one of my favorite artists ah, of, uh, all yes. time. And Zitto. obviously <laughs> he used it as a metaphor from sex, drugs, I know, know. life, death, and even space. I mean, just yeah, yeah. Which song.
2: Guar, one of my favorite bands, is from <laughs> outer space. They're the scum dogs
0: of the universe. Ooh, so I'm done. <laughs> I have a very nice. good war story that I'll tell you one of these days uh on the show Casey that you'll love um <laughs> so okay so t- what's the name of the EP what's your favorite song tell me tell me a little bit about this this current thing and you went to Nam this week or last week too were you plugging I was the- at Nam
3: this past weekend it was more um to meet with people and you know I didn't perform it was it's more like meeting people and looking at what products are there and Looking at, you know, the toys, (laughs) you know, they have new, new speakers and new this and new, uh, things to play with on on your computer with music. And so I like to, and new guitars, you know, I I don't, I'm not going to buy any more guitars, but, uh, I like to just play around with the new guitars and see what they have. I can't,
0: I can't go to Nam. I, I spend a fortune after every single time I've gone to Nam because I I have a degree in audio engineering. I mean, like that was my thing. There it is. He has yeah. so many degrees, It's I didn't say seven. <laughs> <I> didn't. <laughs> yeah. It's a long joke. It, it has to do with fonts and shirts and so yeah. many other things. It's so and good. seven
4: degrees. Go, so <laughs> many jokes
2: about how I can't go to NOM either because I'll give them a I also, point and never believe, but... Uh, I also can't go you to You can't go to NOM? Because <laughs> I can't. Can't go to NOM. I've watched too many Rambo movies. Too so many
3: Rambo. T- so scary.
2: Yeah. That's a terrible
0: Aww. pun. I love where it's <laughs> going, but
2: it's a terrible pun.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Someone, someone on my show and uh, before we were uh, at work today, someone, um, in the garage where my office is, I could overhear everything they were doing and they were watching or listening to the soundtrack to apocalypse now.
3: Oh yeah. There's a soundtrack for that. Yes.
1: It's incredible.
3: Hey, have you heard it? That's it's a, it's a very, uh, yeah. It's atmospheric or has music
1: with, with,
0: uh, with the uh, bits from the movie, so you I hear. I remember sneakers. the, 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 the Blade Wagner Blade thing one? with the Ride of the Valkyries or Flight of the Valkyries or whatever. Like it has, it has I more do. music than that. It has all the monologues. Wow. It's incredible. And then, like when you
1: when you're about to work on a home construction show, Apocalypse Now really
2: gets you in the right frame of mind. Mm. Got to get you hey. that Conan soundtrack. Byron. that Conan soundtrack will start your day right.
3: Hey, check out <laughs> check out the Blade Runner. Blade, Blade Run Runner soundtrack is the best, Angela. one of the best soundtracks ever. I it think it is,
0: and I, I love that movie. You, okay, you, oh. there's a friend of mine, Edgar, who um, is a keyboard player, and he actually recreated the entire Blade Runner soundtrack no. himself and recorded. It's amazing too. Like he did a great job because he has all these synths and all these crazy. Oh
4: yeah yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. I gotta no, get go my. My uh, nerd shout out to Goblin, some Suspiria, some scary shit that will give you nightmares for I
0: life. I only listen to John ah, Carpenter's music. Uh, know, hey, doing? hey,
2: I did. My friend did tell John Carpenter he was a better uh, composer than John Williams to his face,
0: and he wow. laughed. I don't know if that's true, Oops. but that's pretty solid. All right, so Carmen, can I play one of your videos? Do you? I would like to play your new one. The the what is it? Love. I, I, I love, love the way
3: you kiss. Do. Sure. Yeah, whichever one, whichever one you want to play. Yeah. I want to try, you know, I just try just doing this. We've you?
0: never we've never done this on this show before, and I don't know if I can. Um oh. we pulled off the intro thing. Yeah. So I'm gonna attempt something um ah, okay. completely new <laughs> and unusual here that I've I've never tried. But cool. I think that, that the viewers of this show will more than appreciate this particular music video. And you've made a ton of music videos apparently, right? How many how many have you done?
3: I've done I've done not everything is online, but I've done I would say 10. Not that many, not as many as I'd like to, but I'm working on a music video or at least the lyric video for every song in this EP. In the Space Girl EP actually, we were just shooting 2 days ago, we were shooting a uh, Space Girl. Oh no, you went away.
0: I'm still here, but I'm getting, your, I'm getting your video ready.
3: Oh, okay. Get it yeah. ready then. <laughs> He's
2: allegedly getting the video ready. We, we're we not sure if it's going to work yet.
0: I'm sure okay. that, that room will chastise... Well, oh. So you're shooting another video for Space Girl, you said?
3: For the actual song Space Girl, yeah. So we were there two days ago. Uh, I can't tell you where because it's an amazing location and uh, uh, yeah pretty far away and a lot so you of work sound
0: like all my this friends that are fake. directors like trying to hold on to those locations
3: yeah i know my dp was like "Ooh, i have to remember this location for the and i'm like no 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 this is <laughs> you know anyway uh, you
2: gave us enough clues it's a spectacular location it's far away
0: it's clearly outer space but we won't yes. tell yes. so were you did you direct <laughs> that video i did Awesome. And what about, what about this one that I'm going to play? What it, what
3: I did, it, I did as well. Uh, I edit, I edited it too. So this one's a little, I think to me is a little more amateurish. Like uh, it was more simple, but the song I, I liked, uh a lot. This song. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah I,
0: you I, do I, it. I just saw this video yesterday, I think. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Let me see if I can actually find a way to play this on the show. So I'm going to attempt to do this and, okay. uh, we'll Ooh. see how this works. How
4: cool. The moment your eyes fell on me. Unforgettable. The first time I heard you so little.
0: Wow, did that actually work? It did. <laughs> probably, probably. Dude, it really
2: worked. Rave reviews from the chat room right now. That was oh. awesome. Yeah, this ah. is pretty lit, yeah, from J-Ray. Andre Nichols, word, yeah, it's dope. I ah. couldn't have read that wider, but the sentiment's there. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, J-Ray, big EDM enthusiast.
3: Oh, cool.
0: very
2: high thumbs up.
3: Ah. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Yay. I have to say that, that that track I really loved and I think I think I had heard the track before but then when I watched the video and heard the track this week I was just like, you know what? That's of the ones that I saw I was like that's the one I want to play for people because I think that ah. people just like they're going to grab a hold of that and there's just something first of all it's sexy as hell and mm. like just the whole flow of it the tone the combination of the the you know the drums and the music with your voice i just thought it was perfect so i was like you know that's the track that i think really is going to showcase carmen well and that's you know coming from somebody who has worked as a producer and produced hundreds and hundreds of songs
2: thank so, you oh, justin, justin list in cool. the accomplishments
0: uh, only because i want my opinion to <laughs> count for something it's like you know it, otherwise i wouldn't even say it but i would like you know I can't say that I've wrestled ten million times. So when I talk about some wrestler's <laughs> move, it's like, hey, you're full of shit, dude." But <laughs> yeah, when that's I'm talking about music, like I know what I'm talking about, and that—that's yeah. just a damn good track, in my opinion.
3: Ah, oh, thank you, thank you. Now let the producer know too. He might be watching. I don't know, but I'll let you. I'll let him know.
0: Well so I, and I hope this setup does it some kind of justice cuz I'm sure it's not like you want to hear this in the full stereo put some headphones on um Yeah you want your... to hear the
3: baseline you want to hear the baseline I love the baseline in this song so <laughs> Yeah
0: Um and uh so go on YouTube guys uh what's your YouTube it's just Carmen Perez YouTube right Carmen
3: Perez art
0: Carmen Perez art just like your your Twitter handle right
3: Yeah yeah yeah. And
0: definitely go check that out and then go buy it on iTunes, please. Which Aww. y'all support. Everybody's Thank talking you. about Thank you. Yeah, this, that, and the other shit. thing. I'm not going to watch Lucha Underground if my favorite guys do this and that. Triple A is like, you guys want to support hey, somebody hey. that's on Lucha <laughs> Underground? You want to support somebody you, that's... <laughs> you legit talking to me
2: right now, Justin. I'm Jesus. just saying.
0: I'm just saying. Look, if you want to legit support somebody that. who's on Lucha Underground, go and buy Carmen shit on iTunes. Aww. Carry it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's how we do this, y'all. You no. can't come on a. We so don't and
2: put any plug. promo codes on there to get like a piece for ourselves. We don't do any of that. Like a <laughs> podcast that might be in the chat room right now.
0: Oh snap! Oh. I love that. <laughs> um, so we're. I mean, uh, the the other the last thing I do want to talk to you about too is your art. We talked a little bit about it before. Yeah. And and. Also, as a conversation is is that on your YouTube page? Can people see that, or is that on your? Twitter?
3: I think I might have it on there as a, but it's on the LACMA YouTube page. So I, but I think I have it on one of my playlists on there.
0: Yeah, right. it well, should be I'm on. Sure it, people, it is.
3: It is on one of my playlists. I think, and
0: I think that's how I probably saw it too. Yeah. So.
3: Okay. Yeah. I just
0: love that, and you guys should watch that too to see like part of Carmen's process as an artist, and and not just you know, that she's creating a painting, but that she's kind of explaining, you know, what her process is and where it's coming from and what mm. the passion behind that piece is. So you guys should check that out too. But I also wanted to give you a chance to kind of tell us where your art is going and if people can find it, if it's showing anywhere or if they can buy pieces and like what, what mm. kind of your, your process with the painting is too. Cause you, you paint these beautiful pictures as well. So tell us Thank a little you. bit about that.
3: Um, well, I haven't been painting that much because I was so focused on finishing the music EP that I just released. And I've literally been pl- planning a music video and, uh, I'm, I'm the mastermind behind the ideas of the m- music videos. And, uh, and then I, I'm very, uh, active on the costuming and the every part of the music video and I edit them afterwards. So, um, right now it's all about the music videos and finishing up the music project and promoting it as much as I can. And then I'm going to get back into painting. Um, but I have about 60 paintings and, uh, I, every once in a while when I have insomnia, I'll, I'll draw, I don't pull out my painting stuff cause I put it away, but I've been drawing here and there and, you know, and, uh, it comes back. So it's going to, uh, the process is just when I feel it, you know, I start painting and, Uh, I went through a phase where I was just painting every night, you know, I painted like 30 paintings. It was almost like finishing a painting a day. I was painting so much. It was just crazy. Uh, Holy smokes. That's a lot. (laughs) And I was working during the day and then I would like paint at night. And then, uh, you know, just in a few months, I, I I finished 30 paintings or something. And yeah.
0: And so what'd you you do with those? Do you still have them or did you you display them somewhere, you sell them? What did you do with them?
3: I had a, you know, I've had a few art shows. I was part of the Downtown Art Walk and uh, the Venice Art Crawl. I've sold some paintings. I got commissioned to do two paintings. Uh, I have one, I sold a painting that's in uh, Sardinia, Italy, you know, so it's kind of cool. I had to ship the painting over there and everything. Uh, but I miss it. was one of my favorite paintings, and I miss it. So I'm not selling the originals at the moment. Uh, I'm just uh, only selling reproductions right now, if anyone was really interested. But, um, yeah, I have about 60 paintings here, and uh, I haven't been showing them lately because I've been just so involved in music and, and acting.
0: Well, I have a feeling that you'll certainly get the chance at some point in the near future. And maybe uh, our benefactor, Byron, over there can commission you what? to do a, a picture of Casey as a really smart and angry monster.
3: Ooh, Impossible. cool. That would be I so want fun. Like
0: a maybe. painting, but with my
3: But with
2: what? A face on the person, but like nice. a Frizzetta painting.
3: <laughs> yeah. A so panther, funny. yeah. Wow.
2: Uh, so.
0: <laughs> what other do you have any other acting projects or anything else coming up that you need to plug
3: um well i worked on a tv pilot uh called less fallout based on the fallout the video game Oh, and we just uh we just filmed that we were like you know it's a post-apocalyptic uh we're a group of people in a shelter post-apocalyptic and we just filmed the pilot for it so uh are i don't know what's going to happen with it i hope it gets picked up because it will be another show to work on um, and I just, uh, produced a little short film that I co-wrote that we've been editing now and I'm not editing the director's editing. So, uh, it's called Kill Switch and, uh, Ooh. hopefully that one's gonna be, I know we actually named it Kill Switch before there's something on, on Netflix and I saw it and I was like, there's something called net Kill Switch on there. And anyway, so it's not, I didn't copy that title. It's our title first, but
0: well, the way Netflix is buying up stuff from other countries too, it doesn't make it any easier. They're just pulling in stuff Everything. from everywhere right yeah.
3: now. Yeah. But yeah, so I have that short film that hopefully we get it out. We finish it and we can get it out to film festivals and stuff like that. And we'll see. All
0: right. So here's my last question for you, For before we go and talk about really inane, stupid stuff that's not going to be nearly <laughs> as entertaining as having you on the show. Oh. Um, it's a little game I like to call good greed or gore oh if you were a superhero would you use your powers for good for greed or for gore you know like taking out somebody that you hate what would you ah, do if you had your superpowers that's good, so greed or gore?
3: <laughs> can i pick two <laughs>
0: you absolutely can there's no rules to this other than the fact that i asked the question you can answer it however you want
3: <laughs> well I believe in the good of everything, so definitely have to say good and gore, of course, gotta be bad too, right, you know, but I don't know about greed, I'm not greedy, but I definitely uh, can be, you know, a little
0: gory. Gory and good, I like it, that's a good combination. Yeah. Yeah. What would the superpower be? (laughs) Would you, would you have, did you know what superpower you'd want to have to use for good and gore?
3: Well... I feel like I can already almost read people's minds, but yeah, reading people's minds, like really reading them.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised you stuck around this long with us, if you can read minds, especially with Casey, cause you probably have, I don't know what he's thinking about, like nuclear apocalypse on your <laughs> Mars colony. <laughs> you know no, but see- it's,
2: funny, it's funny you <laughs> talk about that when, when I'm getting like this sent to my phone with like people Ooh. exploding.
0: It's fun. <laughs> See, exactly. If you're reading Casey's mind, there's no telling what you're going to get. No, don't, don't, even, don't even with, get in there. With me, it's probably me, me, me thinking about exactly. why I didn't make a bigger martini at the beginning of the show. Well, it's like, <laughs> I
3: know. Um, my I'm glass half, is empty here, yeah, too. Same
0: here. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for so joining us, you. Carmen. This was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Um, and seriously, everybody out there, support mm-hmm. Carmen. She's a big part of the show. And we're very mm-hmm. happy to have had her on. And, um, thanks for coming by. So we will say adieu and we will move on with, oh boy, we have a lot to stuff to talk Ooh, about. How cool. Yeah. Well,
3: thank you for having me. It's so fun and you guys are awesome. And I will check you out some more later.
0: Please do yeah. tell, <laughs> tell all of your, tell, tell Ricky to come on the show.
3: I we will. Gotta, we got to yeah. put
0: Ricky on here. Joey, I, jo- I live near Reseda. I don't know if I want anybody from Reseda on the show. But we'll, we'll
3: see. <laughs> hey, uh, we're neighbors. I'm in Sherman Oaks. See? Yeah. Hey, right over, uh, I'm, I'm where's
0: in Hollywood. Encino Tarzan. I'm like right on the border over here. We're oh, all nice. you're in Florida. That's well, I, my
1: mail gets sent to North Hollywood. So.
2: Oh. We're neighbors. having people squatting at his place right now that he doesn't know about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I know about them, but they pay rent.
0: Oh, <laughs> So strange. All right. Thank you so much, Carmen. <laughs> thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Cheers. Good. Cheers.
0: That was uh, Lucha Underground's Carmen Perez, uh, AKA Captain Hotness, AKA Captain Vasquez, when you get the name right, which I had a lot of trouble Sergeant with Perez. a long time. Or, or Sergeant Hotness now, I guess, is, is fair game. Sir? Captain, okay, Captain so Justin, do you remember here.
2: Councilman Sexy's name then?
0: <laughs> Renegade. <laughs> um. Okay, guys. uh Ooh, we got a little bit to talk about. A couple, three things. Yeah. I know a few people are probably watching and have been waiting. Her um, face off. Fuck yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I kind of want to. I kind of want to go there. I, we got some lucha underground, AAA, the crash I don't stuff want to, to hear talk about.
2: That. It. come
0: on um watch his wrestling Kenny Omega maybe do I do this with my fingers a lot um I don't Kenny know Omega. He, I don't trust him he has hair like Byron
1: Kenny, Paul the thing about takes- Kenny Omega is he did the same thing this year that he did last year is yeah wait go- you're,
0: you're already talking about the things we're just talking about the things that we're going to talk about the things yeah listen dude, Lucha I,
1: Underground is not going to get canceled you guys all right um, let me tell you why
2: hey why? you know what's not getting canceled because Netflix just started its first episode
0: of eleven seasons. Blue Demon Junior's telenovela Novella. Face off. I do. All right, let's talk about face, face off first. Fuck guys. yeah! I, I do. I do want to talk about face off. Look, guys, we will talk about the lucha you underground know, thing. You know, I'm going to get to a TV, it. TV show, very, It's
1: on Netflix. I
0: don't know, guys. Very I'm a tired.
2: But, I don't think I can talk about lucha, but face off. Yeah.
0: Face off. Um. And the reason why we're talking about this, if you don't know the premise of the show, it's basically a a makeup artist show. Like if you're a fan of the stuff that Rick Baker has done or any of the the great visual uh, effects artists of our day and in this day and age, it's, it's, it's not a lost art, but it's a, it's an enhanced art. Mm -hmm. So it's really kind of cool to see people (laughs) under this contest. You know, principal have to go in and really make practical makeup effects. Still, which is basically what the show is. It's a little Top Chef-ish in formula, yeah. um, but it's awesome. So, uh, I haven't really watched a whole lot of the past few seasons, but uh, Casey was like, "Dude, we got to watch this show. It's pretty sweet." Yeah. So I was like, "Okay, I'll give it a shot." And the uh,
2: listeners who don't know, like, this is the kind of thing. Like, you can see the
0: Christopher Lee Dracula poster behind me. This is the kind nope. of thing that's up my alley. Oh. Can't see it. So this year is all stars um, from previous seasons, which is cool too, especially for me getting back into it. I don't have to see any scrubs. Like all of these people actually kind of know what they're doing. Um, The opening segment, they're on a hill with a helicopter, and I'm feeling all EV dub about this, Casey. What's going on (laughs) with the setup at the beginning uh, of the show?
2: They kind of like do big entrances for uh, Mackenzie Westmore every once in a while, and this is a pretty big one. Uh, they got a yeah, it was they like got a,
0: a help post entrance up. like you come in on a helicopter. That's that's probed all the way, man That's like survivor. That's like network level shit. I um, Think that you I think that you attributed
2: it to the wrong Van Wagnon Right now nah, y-
0: y- Well true, but I mean Evie dubs, you know celebrity apprentice get to the Joppa and Ooh, all the That's, yeah. uh, that's I mean, kind of what I was thinking, but yes well, once when he got his brother's, Arnold, got brother's at better it. at it Yeah, you gotta I get high guy
2: but man, um, they they start things quick off on the show because it's not about the drama between the contestants. It's like purely about the competition, really. Unless yeah, but Sig
0: and George got a pretty big package right off the 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 start. I mean, they were kind of made out in the opening package like they were the front runners in this thing.
2: Dude, in my heart, they pretty much are. Like my two favorite teams are Sig and George and uh, Team. Uh, what what is it called? Uh, is it Merwolf that we're calling it?
0: Uh, Team Blue Hair, I think but, they call but, it Team Merwolf. Or what? Yeah, they had like three or four weird names. Yes, but I think that's correct. It, half of the features
2: on the teams were the teams arguing about what their name was. So, I think they're Merwolf. I think that's on Twitter and that's a thing. And they're, they're oh, like...
0: Team, members team Love, that's not hard to remember.
2: Yeah, yeah. They eat at Porto's. I saw them once. But, um, just saying shout out to Burbank but um yeah that's weird hashtag about working having worked at halloween town in burbank and going to all the conventions especially monster palooza which was in burbank now it's in pasadena is you see these guys at all the cons so you know which ones are really like hardcore about the shit and really into it because you see them there all the time and talk to them and uh so the teams i picked are the ones that are legit and that are at like every con too you know like you know they're out here doing things.
0: Right. So uh, and and that's the cool thing also about an All-Star season. Um this first challenge is to do an alien mask or costume, like a full a full alien thing. Mm-hmm. Um and create a new alien based on an animal or creature. Most of them seemed aquatic related. Yeah, they were all aquatic related, yeah. So you have to c- take this original idea, turn it into an alien and the twist here, because they threatened us with lots of twists this season, even though this yeah. didn't seem too twisty right off the bat. But um, the, the cool thing about this, which I've never done before, is you are allowed and have to incorporate green screening into yeah. this
2: costume. Yeah, which is cool.
0: Yeah. Like Two-Face face and, an and Batman.
2: Yeah. Like 2 Facing um, and like- Batman. An anti CGI show having to use some uh, green screen stuff is always fun too.
0: But they still, but I love that that they still have to do this practical effect with incorporating the green screening stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what did you think, kind of about the challenge? And then we'll get into what the teams kind of were coming up with.
2: I liked the challenge idea. Uh, it seemed like something that was a little rough for your first challenge, but these are all stars, so they could handle it they usually do something a little easier to get the guys going. And then like the first person that's eliminated, you're like, Oh shit, you couldn't handle that. You know? Yeah. But but we didn't even get eliminated.
0: The elimination in this one's even different. Like they're not eliminating every week they're doing, um, every other week, but one week you win immunity, uh, survivor Mm -hmm. style. And then the next week is the elimination challenge. But I like this because, Um, And I like this maybe for other shows besides this, too, that you're eliminating every two weeks, So especially with these guys, because they have an actual talent. They haven't an actual skill. Mm -hmm. And anything can go wrong that can derail one project. But if you do two real projects, you can see if somebody was derailed by nonsense and then is able to string it back together with something cool the following week. Yeah,
2: and what's kind of cool is we're still a little ambiguous with how the eliminations are going to work until next week. Like if it's going to be a whole team that's eliminated and if they're going to have the I think judges, it
0: was a, was whole teams then that's part of why they were doing it every two weeks. So they still run yeah, the same. amount.
2: That would make sense. And they haven't talked about the judges amnesty. They had a thing where you can actually save people in previous seasons. That's kind of a newer thing. That's just been the last few. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. Because, but the immunity uh,
0: kind of, I mean, one team's already got immunity too. So, mm-hmm. um. but let's get into the actual, like, so they sit down on these park benches and they start designing. And I got to just say, uh, what is it? Ben and what's the other guy's name? Oh,
2: fuck. Goat uh, Beard. And
0: Ev- Evan? Is it Ben and Evan, Evan? Evan sounds right. Yeah. I think it's Ben yeah. and Evan. So, yeah. I got to say, right off the bat, their sketch even to me was like, what the shit is this? tripod thing <laughs> they're doing. Yeah, and
2: then like you look, you look at Sig and George and they had the same kind of idea, but even from the get go, we're executing it a million times better. Like the same kind of shape almost, but,
0: but even their sketch was yeah. more on point to me. I just, I just thought it was funny. Cause it was like at the very beginning of the whole thing, I was like, I don't know if I like that, but you know, I don't know these guys. So maybe they'll pull something crazy out. Oh. Um, and then like, Five minutes later on the show, they're sculpting clay onto the front of their figure to do their mold. Mm-hmm. And of course the cameraman doesn't get the shot, because you can't be everywhere at once, but the whole thing just falls over and splats and they gotta start over on their clay mold. So on day one, they're already, I don't know, hours behind everybody else at that point.
2: Yeah, yeah. And
0: team love
2: had a little problem with their mold breaking that. Oh they, they couldn't get there. A while
0: yeah I mean yeah. that like this is real world shit y'all <laughs> I was just like, Dude, Damn, like this is- I
2: don't know if you've ever tried making a mold but it's fucking hard man like that is one of the main sources for catastrophes on the show too uh from all seasons but I have never seen someone's piece just completely fall over and crush itself like that's fucked up
0: yeah that was bad. but I mean they had like 70 pounds of clay on the front of a mannequin. You gotta imagine yeah. it's gonna get a little front heavy, right? Yeah, it wasn't very. Like somebody balanced. put a foot on. Put a foot on it. Put a weight on the back. Something. Get some um, sandbags for these guys. You know. But and, uh, yeah, I, I I am still trying to figure out. Maybe you can tell me because you've probably seen these guys before. Nico and Cat. Mm-hmm. Do I love them or hate them? Like, if I felt like Nico was very funny to me at first because he was trying to hump Cat's leg a lot or whatever he was doing. I mean, he just seemed very affectionate with her, and he's kind of fun and silly and, and having fun. But I, I was like, I don't know if this guy is super focused on, like, the task. She seems to be busting her butt, and I didn't know what was up with him. Like, what what is your take on them?
2: They were on the same season together before. And um, I thought she was pretty good in the beginning, but she got eliminated before he did. And when he was there by himself, I felt like there were like four weeks. He should have been kicked off that he was, he just really lucked out that one person sucked more than him that week. Like somebody made like a catastrophic mistake,
0: but on a reality show that could be gold. Yeah. Like he could, he could be the guy that I end up wanting to see every week. And I'm kind of waiting to see that. Cause I don't know him yet, but as a character, I was like, okay, either I'm totally digging this guy or I want to see him eliminated like tomorrow. No,
2: and it's, like, it's just his work that kind of seemed bad. Like, he seems like a really nice guy, and it could just – and I've seen, like, their work as a team online, and it's really good. So it's, like, maybe he just wasn't doing too good competition-wise because of all the weird time constraints and weird twists they throw at you and shit like that,
0: you know, which could could send you over the edge, I'm sure. Um, all right, so I, I do want to talk some wrestling. I want to get back to some wrestling. So let's yeah. – Let's kind of get to the, the end of this thing. Um, we talked about, uh, Ben and Evan, they, they did a spider crab thing and it it came out horrible. It has these big gimpy, crazy leg tubes. And clearly they were in the bottom
2: time to paint it. So it was like the parts that were white were just raw
0: latex unpainted. And the mask, the mask was actually not bad like yeah. the headpiece but it didn't seem to match anything else it wasn't in the same color scheme it didn't seem like it was yeah. integrated at all the green screen effect was really minimal it was just like cutting out the bottom half of the actor so that the big legs were in there like it did there was nothing to it
2: Man, when um, they say we're we're saving we're doing like 5 days worth of work in last looks they weren't kidding and last looks is an hour that's like all they get in that room yeah. And, well, uh, and a lot of people yeah, stepped
0: it up in that time. Um, yeah. Uh, what were the ones I liked? I liked Rachel and Gage. Uh, I thought that that was really cool. And they used, like, they did, like, this shrimp crazy floating thing, but they, like, painted green screen stuff in and did, like, a lot of translucent stuff. That was super cool.
2: Yeah. She had, like, translucent claws, which were really cool. Neville and liked then, the uh, design a lot because he's really into realistic like um kind of uh actual anatomical design looking like it might work that's like a big thing with him so he loved that one
0: yeah i mean there was a there was a couple and um well but but there was a lot in the middle of the pack that i wanted to hear more about but they were just kind of like yeah you didn't suck and they just went away
2: that's usually how it happens like sig and george were middle of the pack and
0: which the headpiece because, was awesome. That headpiece was yeah. great.
2: I felt like they were, they were at least third place. But when you're only picking two top looks, you're fucked. You well, know. I also
0: felt like the judges feel like those guys are going to turn in something that is so over the top, spectacular at some point that they're going to want to yeah. focus on the men. So it was more like okay you guys did great just move along and we'll get to you like we're gonna have two whole episodes that end up being all about how awesome you are so go away
2: yeah and it's like sig's awesome to watch on the show you want him on there as much as possible because he actually explains what he's doing while he's doing it like he's he knows he's on a tv show like he's like hey so i'm doing this big blood and guts thing that's going to be covered in blood so i'm going to paint it bubblegum pink so that the uh, blood pops. Everyone thinks I'm weird, but this is how I do it. He does it. It looks fucking awesome when he's done. Whenever I do like a wound or something for Halloween, bubblegum pink under the blood now. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Um, How was, how was Nico and, and Kat's final thing? I don't even really know if I remember because they kind of fell in the middle of the pack too, didn't they?
2: Yeah, they were middle of the pack. Um, the ones that... Like I pretty much picked the ones that would be the top 2. I definitely picked the ones that would be the bottom 2. That jellyfish thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, was the other one which, which just had issues because the green screen It thing looked like was-
2: lumpy space princess from Adventure Time actually. Yeah. Like big yeah. time.
0: I agree, but I did think the the spider crab was worse. Um and then what, yeah. Kaylin and uh, Melissa won with the floating butterfly thing. But I had a little bit of an issue with that. I loved the headpiece. I loved the idea of this was this all-encompassing weird ethereal kind of alien creature. Um, but then the they, the the pieces that they had on the models hands and arms that were just kind of floating there seemed too symmetrical. Mm. And I get what they were going for, but it's like you want to see those pieces actually orbiting and it was like yeah concept was almost too high for the practical effect and to me lost a little bit whereas the the shrimp costume that had the translucency to it i thought was better i thought that that should have been the winner like i I agree that
2: overall i did enjoy that one more but i see why they picked kaylin and ashley's because it had legit like when they said it was one of the best paint jobs they've ever seen on the show like they weren't kidding. That yeah. was fucking amazing, and the light work, which they usually shit on, when people include lights, but they're like, "Oh, this looks amazing. We love it with the eyes
0: lighting up and shit." Right, which was a very cool effect. I mean, there's a time and a place for an extra touch. Like if you go outside the box, you got to do it the right way when it
2: matters. And see, now they have immunity, right? And that's when teams really go outside the box and do crazy shit. Because if they take a risk and it doesn't pay off, it doesn't matter because they're not going home, and that's um, right. that's how most people approach it anyway. Is the chat room well, shitting on the face-off talk?
0: Uh, no, I'm I'm uh, I'm shitting on Byron. Where did Byron go? I'm going to start talking about stuff that Byron wants to talk about. Um, okay, yeah, let's start talking about wrestling. I'm going to quickly talk about WWE. I feel it's my duty. We're going into Royal Rumble this weekend, case. The Rumble, this used to be a very, very exciting time of year. Are you excited for this this year? Not fucking at all. No.
2: I I haven't watched WWE since fucking... uh, Goddamn, dude. I don't even remember the last time I watched it. I know it sucked, and it was a pay-per-view, and it sucked. Byron, come back. You have to save this WWE Byron probably knows which one I watched last, actually. Like, I totally don't remember. It had, like... One of the thousand, or something. Yeah, it, it might have been named after a GI Joe character of some sort. Um. Yeah, I mean, like,
0: well, look, the, is
2: a great GI Joe character, not to, a great pay-per-view. To,
0: to catch you up, K.O. Uh, are champions of the U.S. and of the universe,
2: because mm-hmm. those two
0: things are on the same spectrum these days um and then shark cage blah 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 jericho band in a shark cage ko for the title whatever um we like you like you know you you feel like this it's all just some big setup for mania at this point like you know yeah. that obviously this feud's going to turn bad they've been so entertaining though like if you haven't been watching you know ko and jericho are really good on tv they deserve to be at the top of the card they're definitely entertaining they're they're dynamic going back and forth and they're stretching the shit out of this story i mean every time you think they're about to fall apart and they're super mad at each other they're all hugs and kisses the next week so um did i ever tell you how i used to hate kevin owens when he was kevin steen like
2: before i ever really saw him work yeah because i thought he looked too much like um a cross between DJ from Roseanne and Fred Flintstone. So I couldn't get into him. But then I saw him work and, and then I saw him work in person. And I'm like, this guy's fucking awesome. He just told so many annoying fans to go fuck themselves that I love this guy.
0: Oh and, yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll semi shoot on a fool all day long. And it's but legit. Term, so.
2: If you need a dude to play Fred Flintstone, fucking Kevin Owens, WWE films. You're welcome.
0: How did where did, did Byron quit? What happened to Byron? He
2: might have. Um, he said something about um blowing a white rapper from the 90s. I, I don't know.
0: Oh, um, uh, yeah, I, I believe that that sounds like something that he might be into. Hey, I don't judge, man. No, we don't judge. We still love you, Byron. Fine. Fuck Byron! I'll come, I'll come back to this since Byron because I know what Byron's going to say and he's going to come back to this anyway so you know what it means I have to talk about as I flip the page right to the front
2: Shimmer Chael Dude I tried watching this fight at work and Spike TV left all the fucking commercials in and I couldn't fast forward
0: Oh that is the worst Oh, I hate that. but I did see that, you know, the fight. That's uh, the the kind of thing that makes a brother want to illegally download some stuff, man. I got
2: to say, Derek versus Derek was the shit, though. I, you know, my money was on Derek, but then Derek kind of pulled it off, and I was surprised. There needed to be a Let's Go Derek. Derek sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Derek, (laughs) Let's Go Derek.
0: Derek sucks. Love it. Yeah, they, they can learn from the Lucha Temple crowd from that one. I'm gonna tell you what fight uh, sucked was Halick Gracie versus who gives a fuck. And Halick Gracie lost. Yeah. Halek yeah. Gracie like didn't even look like he knew the rules of MMA. Like, this is not submission underground, bro. This is like, I know it's only Bellator, but dude, it's still a freaking MMA fight. Throw a punch. He danced around and walked around like a zombie for three rounds, and then all of a sudden he's like Oh yeah, bro. I know jujitsu. I'm gonna throw some shit now. Like a minute left in the last round. Like what?
2: Oh, wh- as uh. someone as someone who like grew up kind of idolizing the Gracies, um, they uh they should like be more careful who they give the name to. Like just like make them work under a pseudonym until they win a few fights or something. You know. <laughs>
0: yeah, but when you're born with a name like Halick, like they've run out of things to do with R's at that point that sound like yeah. H's. Um, and then, uh, but whatever, he sucks. And then Simtex, uh, versus Brennan Ward, you, you don't have to do much to watch this fight case, just go on YouTube and search it because all you're going to need to see is Simtex throws this knee up in Ward's face and puts him into pieces yeah it's amazing and both of these guys are ballers and everything up until that fight was like this shit could still go either way but everyone was expecting a big ko i was expecting it to come from some hands i was not expecting this knee and it was perfect
2: Uh, i do gotta gotta remind some of our listeners some of you may be new some of you may watch bellator Torsa why is the Semtex dude in fucking Bellator of all places when he's this awesome?
0: Well, he made some he made some missteps back in the day publicly and uh, towards Josh Koscheck and uh, yeah, he tried to
2: attack Josh Koscheck after the bell.
0: It, <laughs> it was a bit street. It was very street. Let's say it looked like you know an old Kimbo video. Yeah. Yeah
2: and it it's it's funny to see a guy that is like more british sounding than me get all street like that too but shout out to me hey man
0: they got they got hoods in england they That's got true. some serious hoods in england um and, and paul is clearly from one of them <laughs> <laughs> or all of them i don't know like he's he's rough um but yeah simtex flying knee awesome okay so chael dear lord chael son and versus tito ortiz so How many things can I say about this minute and 30 seconds that anyone needs to know or care about? Um, First of all, since when is Tito the people's champ? What happened to the Huntington Beach bad
2: boys? What happened to uh, Rock? uh, Yeah, that's what
0: I'm saying. Like, There's one people's champ, and it's the Rock. And not that he could get into an MMA cage. I guess if Tito wants a name, he could beat Rock up and take it, but until that happens leave the shit alone man you're not the people's champ you're the huntington you beach
2: take boy. that giant head of his shine it up real nice turn that some bitch sideways and stick it straight up his candy ass yeah
0: now yeah. everybody everybody uh i i was going to talk about this last week but then we had EB dub on and he talked a little bit about tito so i just kind of left it alone my mm-hmm. notes from last week said that you know tito was going to come in bigger and stronger and that if he got Chael down the ground, it could be ugly for Chael. But I was still going to pick Chael. I'm not going to lie. I was going to pick Chael. I thought Chael was going to go in there, be smart, outclass him a little bit. I didn't think we were going to get Rashad Evans Chael. I thought we were going to get Chael from Anderson 1, where he was really playing a smart game. And I thought thought the layoff, the three-year layoff, would actually help that fact. I thought that it would make him scared enough to want to be smart in there and not go in and try to prove a point. And I thought that that was actually going to win him the fight with technique, even though he's this clearly the smaller guy. Like he, he's not even that big for middleweight. Yeah. There's, I mean, like Anderson, even as a middleweight, is twice Chael's size. Um,
4: right.
0: Yeah. Tito is a large two hundred five. So That's I knew that there bad.
4: was,
0: yeah, I knew that there was a size mismatch. I knew this was a little bit of a freak show fight. Not like this though. So everyone's asking, is this fight a uh, work? <laughs> And my answer is yes. Do I think the fight was fixed? No, I don't think the fight was fixed, but I do think the fight was a bit of a work. I think that Chael probably knew that he wasn't going to win. And Chael himself, about other fighters, has correctly said when a fighter is talking a certain way before a fight, you have to look at that and know that something is amiss because they're already coming up with that story for what happens in the lose,
2: It's 100% accurate and it has happened in UFC millions of times.
0: Yes. And so last week, even Chael himself was talking about how, you know, his wife was telling him when he was coming home, complaining about how sore he was, that it's always like this. And Chael was talking about how he didn't remember it always being like this. And he's getting old now and he's off the TRT and his body doesn't feel the same way training anymore. Like he was already saying the excuses. However, what he was also doing was talking a mean game. And he didn't do that before Rashad. Before Rashad, he was kind of like, eh, whatever. You know, this is fun. We're co- both commentators on UFC, on Fox, and this, that, and the other thing. And he was playing nice. And then mm-hmm. Rashad pieced him up. <laughs> you know, even with John Jones, he didn't talk the same kind of shit with John Jones. He knew he was going to lose to John Jones. He knew it was a, a wing and a prayer to go in there. And he had a different kind of speech. With Tito, yeah, he he's talking about nice. like this was my dad's wish to see me beat Tito. I beat this dude in wrestling. This dude's a bitch. Like, you're calling out Jenna Jameson and stuff. Like, Tito was humiliated by Chael Sutton. And Chael won that part of the fight. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah. So I don't think this was a fixed fight. I don't think that Scott Coker was in on this. I don't think that Tito Ortiz was even in on this. I think that Chael just didn't feel like he had a good shot and because of that chael was doing a bit of a work here chael is looking at himself like look i get paid to sell fights not necessarily oh shit Justin. Yeah. we
2: missed something because byron fucking sucks and he's still in the fucking chat room and not talking to us it looks like but miflof wanted to know our best tom savini film effects which i say the burning oh okay yeah um i say the burning or friday the why,
0: 13th part four i was gonna say friday the 13th uh stuff but why the burning
2: oh dude the burning's dope it's got this scene where like kids are on the raft and the guy fucking and cropsy comes out of the water with the hedge clippers and starts cutting off people's fingers and shit. it's fucking awesome and it looks great uh, that's my favorite sabini work
0: and he also wants to know
2: harry Harryhausen film which, dude, Clash of the Titans. Clash mine. of the Titans.
0: Um, I saw Clash of the Titans in the, theater, in the theater on the first and second run of it in the theater combined, I think, 32 times. I was My not- mother, to this day, hates that film. Because once it went to the Dollar Theater, I seriously made her take me five weekends in a row to the dollar theater to see clash of the titans again she was like i hate that owl i hate perseus i hate pegasus i hate all of these people like i i hate greek mythology i made my mother hate greek mythology seeing that movie but the remake oh it's so good
2: I never saw it. I it's not
0: worth ever seeing. It's so bad. Of every remake ever made, it might be the biggest disappointment of any remake I've ever seen. I,
2: I have to send you the Colobus mask that Trick or Treat Studio does.
0: Oh, because
2: you will want to be Colobus for Halloween. It's I'm so sure good. I'm sure I will. But um, oh man, yeah. So there you go, Meef. I Meef hope Meef you are still are
0: here. here. Sorry, sorry, we took so long to answer that because Byron normally is monitoring that shit. So so the chal being a work thing and of the fixes in like look i don't know what was up with the tito tap there was this weird little moment where it looked like tito might be tapping to chael right off the bat you know they had a couple exchanges chael kind of you know got the better of the grappling exchange then we get in the second grappling exchange chael looks like obviously he does not want to get grounded and pounded and i think at that point chael is saying to himself like i really don't want to Get hit in the face a whole bunch like i already feel like shit. i'm probably gonna lose now this isn't good for me but i don't want to lose like i've i've made tito mad i've said some bad things about him the guy is clearly angry and angrier than me and wants it more than me i'm going to lose i don't want to lose by getting punched in the face a lot you know there's no way a guy like chael wants to tap to strikes because that is the biggest bitch move in mma he's never going to do that so I think he gave up his back. I think at that point in time, he was like, I'd rather try this way and see if I can outlast a choke or get out of a choke. He turns his back into him, gives him his back, and Tito being sloppy and way past his MMA prime, can't even get under Chael's chin. I don't know what this thing is. Some kind of modified half crank thing, uh, pretending to be a, uh, a rear naked choke. But nonetheless, Chael's turning purple. (laughs) so like like go back and watch it guys if you think it's a total work like if you're gonna work somebody you don't do it in a way where you have to turn purple to do it Mm -hmm. i just but at the same time it is a little bit of a work like chael's not back to win fights people chael is back to sell fights and which he's good at he's great at it and i'll still watch him do it like i'm still just as interested in a vandalai silva fight for chale every bit as much as if he had beaten tito but i'm not i wasn't looking for tito or chale to go on some big run and i think even people like ariel hawani like i don't know what they wanted or expected like did you not think this was a freak show fight like tito ortiz is old as crap chale Son is coming off a three-year suspension for trt mm-hmm. and it's his first fight back like, what What are these people expecting? Like, this wasn't supposed to be the glory days of MMA. This isn't like two guys in their prime fighting at their best. This is two guys over the hill that are going to knock around each other a little bit to to pop a number, which like, I'm do, fine with. Do you imagine the hilarious shit talk that he's going to have for Vandalay Silva? Amazing. Like, it's going to be amazing. And everyone who's like, oh, I think I'm not as interested in Shale now after he lost this fight. You're wrong.
2: You, you know, know how many joker jokes. jokes this guy probably has for Vandele Silva's face? Like Oh my
0: god. I just hope he calls him Chris Cyborg the whole time. It'd be amazing.
2: Oh, I I would I would send him 5 American dollars if he did it.
0: If Chale like, gets out there and he's like, "Look, look Cyborg, I don't want to fight a girl. I don't understand." And like he's saying that to Vandele the whole time like, "I just don't think it's fair for me to be fighting." If he does that, I'll I'll pay him 20 bucks out of my own pocket
2: yeah um, I, I will do five I won't go that high but I will also watch the fight
0: so I don't know if you know the rest of this stuff Casey or not but I'm gonna tell you that that wasn't even the worst of Jill Sunnin's week Joes no, week just gets worse and worse so then he loses he on the apprentice. Off the apprentice he got kicked oh. off God um, God damn it and and in the worst possible way he got kicked off for cheating he got kicked off of the apprentice the same way he got kicked out of the UFC. Now he did it on purpose, he says. He cut the cable of the computer to get more time for them to finish designing their Harry Potter project. Freaking amazing. Like and he's just he's owning it the whole time. He's just like, "Yeah, you know, I saw that there was a technicality in the in in the rule book that basically said if you're having technical difficulties, the producers have to give you more time." I looked at Carson and he said, "You know, God, we need more time. We're not going to get this thing finished. So I came up with this scheme to cut the cable and, uh, you know, get us more time. And he did. So he goes into the boardroom thinking, like, I came up with this ingenious way of being a heel and saving the day. Um, And before they even get to the official firing, Schwarzenegger's just like, you're out of here. If you did that, that's cheating. Go. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, chill." Um, and it sucks, too, because the episode before that, he started going head-to-head with Lisa Leslie, and I just despise her on the show. Um, and I wanted to see her and shales, like the two heels, just go at each other for a while.
2: How how can you not reward such wonderful heel tactics? We need Eric back on the show. God damn it.
0: Well, I mean, and and he almost got Lisa Leslie out of there, but then Vince Neil had won like $700,000 for his charity the week before, and he was just done. And he was the third person called back in the first of the two episodes. So Vince Neal basically just fell on his sword and was like, yeah, send me home. Like he had already raised more money for his charity than the whole rest of the season's going to raise. Um, so I don't think that's really end.
2: Vince Neal anyway, dude. I think that's cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch grown up and just pretending to be Vince Neal.
0: Yeah, Vince Neil is, is on a different level of, uh, I, I mean, he's going the Johnny Hendrix route, man. He's put on a few pounds. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he kind of looks like an Oompa Loompa a little bit. So, you know, you would think, okay, so so Chael's lost to Tito and he's, uh, a- a- and he's lost on The Apprentice. You would think his week wouldn't get any worse, but then he announces himself at Submission Underground as a replacement for uh, Hector Lombard against Gary Tonin, um, which is a terrible fight for Chael, by the way. He was going to lose that fight. Um, Gary Tonin is like a leg-lock specialist, and I think bigger than Chael even, and, you know, again, Chael's this guy who's three years rusty, but, you know, it's his own promotion, he wants a big marquee fight, he's a big name that is still active, so he's gonna put himself in there to keep this, you know, uh, fight, this grappling match, I shouldn't say fight. Mm -hmm. Um, But Bellator is like, the hell you are. (laughs) Which I guess is good, because it means they probably have some good stuff coming up for him, but Bellator basically, even though you can have an MMA contract and still do uh, submission grappling and not, you know, bust up your contract, I think Bellator was like, "Dude, you can't do that. We need you right now." Plus, I don't think they wanted him losing again yeah. for the third time in a week. Up. Yeah, basically. So Chael basically got pulled by his other promoter from his own fight as a promoter, and it's just like the craziest week. But again. Chael says he's got six fights on the contract. I think he only has to technically do three of them. Um, If the next fight is Vandalay-Silva, I don't care what anyone says. It's going to totally pop a number. I don't care if this was a complete work and a fix. Him and Vandalay still going to pop a number. Um, And then if Fedor loses to Mitrione... I think that oh, Fedor and Chael... Yeah, Fedor's fighting Mitrion coming up soon. Yeah, I know, but him losing to Mitrion makes me want to cry. I think Mitrion's going to beat him, man. I just think Mitrion's hungrier and younger. He may not technically be as good, but he's still in his prime, and is nowhere close to his prime. And I think a prime MMA fighter with less skills can beat an aging MMA fighter with more skills. It just it seems to be that way. I mean, your body just can't do the same things and i think matrion's just got unless, more gas in the unless tank. you're
2: pat berry unless you're pat berry just remember that i love but, pat too that's my boy yeah i just love crow cops so i have to talk a little shit but.
0: well true um anyway but so i think that the third fight for chale should be the last fight for chale and it should be against fedor if fedor loses and i know that sounds ridiculous especially considering the tito fight and Fedor's a heavyweight and chale's basically a middleweight but I think that that would be a fun fight and it wouldn't matter who won. And I think it would pop a huge number for Bellator and it would be the big ending for both of those guys. Um, it would be fine for either one of them to lose and go out in a good way. So I don't know. That's just the way I see the whole thing playing out anyway. All right. Byron's not coming back by the way.
2: Oh, did he message us and say that? I think that? he, I
0: think he passed out literally passed out on the floor. Oh, Okay. Um,
2: He remembers to turn on his side so he doesn't choke to death on his own vomit. All
0: right, I know I was talking a little bit about WWE, so I'm going to soon kind of finish with where I think some of this stuff's going. Um, The Goldberg promo, first of all, in Raw, hilarious. He botched like three times on live TV (laughs) in his promo before... Yeah, I know you probably heard about the Undertaker thing. Like, Undertaker comes out, and that's all well and good, but um, first Brock comes out and Heyman, like, Saving Goldberg, and I've actually liked this return of Goldberg, but he was botching so bad, like he was He's laughing. Old no Goldberg promo wise, not that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he was laughing at himself and looking at the crowd, and then after he finally got himself recomposed, still botching. It was just like, dude, what are you doing? This is horrible. Um. Anyway, so he comes out, and this is in Cleveland, by the way, which is the main reason why I was watching Raw this week. It's like, ah, oh, it's in my hometown, like but they got to see Goldberg. They got to see Brock. Brock actually showed up. Heyman hits and cuts the actual real part of the talking of the promo. And then it ends with the, you know, the undertaker gongs. And then, you know, Mark standing in the ring with, with Brock and, and Bill. And that's it. It was it. That was the end of the show. But that, I don't know. You're an undertaker fan. Do anything for you? Do you even care? I, I do not even care because they already
2: spit in my face and just spit in my face. They, they held me down and diarrhea in my mouth when they broke the streak and they can go fuck themselves.
0: What What if this all led to a three-way match between Undertaker, Brock and Goldberg at WrestleMania and Undertaker beats both of them? Would that fix it for you? Not at all. No, I don't even um, want to see that. Do it. If it's not going to fix it for you, then they shouldn't even bother doing it.
2: No, nah, it's just going to be Taker versus fucking Braun Strowman anyway. So it's like, okay, as much as as much as we loved his work in Revenge of the Nerds, Braun Strowman does not deserve to be facing the Undertaker at WrestleMania.
0: <laughs> well, and that may or may not happen. Hey, I don't know if you caught this or not. We were—I was going to talk about it last week too, but we didn't have enough time. Uh, Mickey James is in fact La Luchadora, and but was uh, she the whole time? Because I, I don't think she was. No. I don't think so. Some, I feel like the character got shorter and stronger. <laughs> um, well, we might that see first more week, that
2: soon, by the way,
0: but who cares? I mean, like I, I, I don't fault WWE for doing that. Put somebody in there as a placeholder and decide who you want it to be later. That's fine. And it's a little tougher with women because the actual outline of the character is a little more obvious. Um, but whatever. I like Mickey James coming in that way. I thought it was good. They're they're not really talking about her quick little NXT uh, job to Asuka. Um, and they're just kind of referencing her her past history as a women's champion and, and former Divas champion. And I think I think the, these younger women could use Mickie James around. I think it's actually a really good addition, and I think she can work really well. Um, and she's coming in with Alexa. So um, I think that's good for Alexa. She needs that. And yeah, she's on the true.
2: same show as Cena and his old lady. That's gonna be a little weird.
0: Yeah, you know it'll be fine. They'll get through.
2: You yeah, know.
0: and if not, they can all go to Arby's together. It'll be fine. Like,
2: yeah, yeah. I was gonna do it, but you did it. Um, <laughs> you know, you know who likes replacing people under masks with different people, Justin? Dorian. Yeah. Well, Triple A. It was more of his family, but um, okay. I, I need to make this part of the show quick because I have to do the teaching thing tomorrow, but I'm a little angry, Justin. I but, am too.
0: Okay. So we, maybe both not for know, the same reasons, but, but no, let me, not, let me hear why you're, you're angry. A, and I'll tell you why I am angry. I, what you, you know, the specific
2: thing that was said that pissed me off. So, okay. So basically, um, Daga Pentagon jr. Garza Jr., all quit AAA, showed up on the crash. Okay, first they were going to be Peros Del Mall. Now they're going to be their own group uh, joining up with Phoenix. Yeah, why do you think that that
0: happened? Do you think that – I feel like Pentagon went and asked the family after he did it, and they were kind of like, yeah, we'd prefer you didn't do it.
2: Either that or he realized if I make my own thing, I don't have to give anyone else the T-shirt money. It's mine. Which is a smart business decision to make.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't necessarily uh, think it was a bad business decision to show up with the Peros gear this time. No, like it was a it was a safe fu
2: to AAA. And plus, Phoenix was never a member of Peros del Mall. If he's going to be in the new group, they should do something different. Um, but uh, yeah, so they're out. Uh, a lot of people have problems with AAA. A lot of people wonder: Is this going to strain? their uh, relationship with Lucha Underground and especially since Dorian's the head of the LLC. Now, I know you feel differently about this than I do, but they legit asked Dorian, will this affect Lucha Underground guys if they're not with AAA anymore? And he said, stand by. We don't know yet. And that answer doesn't sit well with me. Why does it sit well with you? Because I feel like if he wanted them in Lucha Underground, he would have said, no, it doesn't. And stand by makes it seem like he's trying to figure out if he can fuck them or not.
0: And Is, is that what he's trying to figure out, though? Maybe he's trying to figure out if he can look like he's mad at them for all his people in AAA, but actually be fine and happy with them for all of his people north of the border.
2: See, I don't even know because, you know, Conan's coming out on his show saying shit like Dorian's the one that stopped the boys from selling merch at the temple and shit like that, which I don't know if that's completely accurate. It does serve Conan for people to be pissed at Luch Underground. Uh, well, to be, to, because Conan came out and said Luch Underground's going out of business and they're trying to sell the company and all this shit, right? Doesn't matter if it's true or not. It sounds a little weird that this is the first time we're hearing it, but it does serve Conan to okay, it serves Conan to trash Lucha Underground a little bit like that to the boys and it serves AAA to have you're fucked with Lucha Underground if you leave AAA on the table because Triple A does use Lucha Underground to hold leverage over the guys when they treat them like shit and they send them on these horrible tours where they're pissing and shitting in buckets and fucking riding buses for hours. It's like, but hey, you get to go to the States and do Lucha Underground, so suck it up. And it's like everyone gets tired of sucking it up. But I got to say that if it does jeopardize their thing with Lucha Underground, like Dorian almost has to try to make that happen. If he's trying to serve triple a more because it is their bargaining chip. Right. So right. like
0: it, he's got to down. if he, if he's working more on behalf of triple a right now, he's got to try to shut these dudes down or else he's the laughing stock. And every wrestler <laughs> in the next 10 years is going to walk all over him. Right. And if he's, he's trying has- to serve the purposes of triple a the most.
2: Yeah. And then it's like, So, if he's like that, Lucha Underground's kind of fucked. Because, okay, the people that are in jeopardy here, really, that we're talking about are Pentagon, Phoenix, Jack Evans, Sexy Star, but who gives a shit? Um, And a lot of people think they're going to be okay. I say, look at Nightclaw because
0: he wasn't fucking okay. Yeah, but he also wasn't over in Lucha Underground. Which is a big difference. but a big difference to me and, and you're not the only person who cited that and some of the other guys, but at the same time, you know when you're talking about Phoenix Pentagon and sexy star, especially and even more than Jack even more than a guy like Tejano if he had these issues like These guys are over and represent a certain amount of money That they could be making um, some of the some of that money is a boat that they're missing with the merchandising for sexy star Phoenix and Pentagon equally right? But they are. As much as they don't like
2: Sexy Star, Sexy Star can sell some fucking merch if they made Sexy Star merch. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's
0: not going to be Rey Mysterio, uh, but they could sell some Sexy Star masks and some Sexy Star gear.
2: And the thing that doesn't sit with me is yeah, like MGM could probably come on board and say, no, fuck you, these guys are working for us, but do they care enough? And like, I know we had discussed this. And. Part of me, I don't want to get too spoilery out here. Part of me thinks that they don't care enough because there's someone else that was on their way out that should be uh, taken care of that I don't think was. And if they're gone, anyone's fucking free game at this point.
0: Well, and that could Uh, be the case, but that has been, that particular one has been a concern for a long time. And I don't think it's too spoilery to say that we're talking about Ricochet yeah um, like nobody knows completely the ricochet story nobody knows if he's staying or going or what like we won't i'm not going to say anything about um season three other than look you saw him get killed off and come back right um which i thought was a genius subplot in the first place because when we saw him get killed off we're like oh well there it goes <laughs> bye bye puma if you're like, us, we're like what if the you're fuck? Gonna-
2: is- back
0: yeah you are know? gonna like, kill somebody off mid-season that was the perfect guy to do it because all the speculation at the time i mean i think i don't even know if the cwc was still going on then or not but everyone was like dude puma's out of here wwe's been talking to him this that and the other thing uh, like, oh. it was right
2: before the cwc was about the fucking start
0: exactly so we thought somehow yeah. maybe he got out of it and he was just he was just out he was just like outy five y'all i'm doing this shit so um and obviously you know now that he gets resurrected by vampiro he comes back um and his status is still a little up in the air with Lucha Underground because I believe the way his contract works is these damn episodes have to air before he can uh, his no compete goes through airings and maybe even into some of the the after it airs. Like there might be a three month after it airs. Uh, there, clause. there
2: supposedly is some time after it airs. Court Bauer talked about it. He yeah. basically confirmed that he can't go anywhere plus some time.
0: So Uh, I I get that, but you also have to understand that that's because this was a guy who is clearly a star, clearly had paper on him other places like New Japan um, and and some smaller contracts already. And so when MGM is bringing this guy in to be this character that they created for the very beginning of the show and to be their other superstar to go toe-to-toe with Mundo, they put some good paper on the guy. And it's probably where they came up with half of their contracts for the other guys of no no if we're gonna put this investment in this guy we have to make sure that he's not gonna show up at wwe or on one of these other shows because mgm might not know a lot about the wrestling business but they do know a lot about competing television and stars showing up someplace else doing exactly what they're doing here and they did
2: structure him separately like he he has a shorter he had a three season deal instead of a seven season deal apparently yeah. Because this all came up when Cuerno was trying to get out and couldn't.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't think uh, that he was the only one. But so, basically, yeah. once this airs, Puma's deal will be up. And he could choose to resign. I hear that there's a nice uh, offer on the table for him. Um, I personally have the feeling that, that at this point, with the weird hiatus, um that he probably wouldn't trust doing another deal with Lucha Underground at this point because it's not giving him the exposure he needs. And he still Um, can't get out again, you know? Yeah, and I would imagine that even if he did stay with Lucha, he'd probably want to lose the mask at this point. I would say that it would be smarter for his career to not necessarily be a masked uh, character with his popularity and his Ricochet incarnation elsewhere, that he needs to be able to parlay his whole career into one Stable thing. Um, I don't think. They who would knows? Do I mean, it, yeah, I don't know. I, well, dude, if he said he would stay, but he wanted to lose the mask, mm. I think they'd do it. No, oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, if he would sign another three years and stay without the mask, I w- I would do it if I were them. There's easy. There's lots of fun angles you could write for that. Um, DJ would probably have a field day writing some stuff to do that. But anyway, it's, that's beside the plus. He gets to do. He could do a mask match. Mm-hmm. which they haven't really done a a big one in Lucha Underground since the, the whatever thing that they did the first season.
2: Superfly, yeah, yeah who had already so lost his mask in Mexico.
4: Right,
0: which would be kind of the same with Ricochet losing his mask. I mean, it's not like we don't know what the dude looks like. He's not even partially unknown. Um, yeah, but
2: they're going to have to explain why he's not Hispanic after saying he was for like five seasons or the well, thing- three seasons.
0: Even with Puma, the other thing you got to do, and this is what I'm going to say about all of this, is follow the money. What is Puma going to do when he leaves? He's got only one option. He's already killing it in Japan. He's already killing it all over Europe. He doesn't need Ring of Honor. He's killing it in Lucha Underground. There is only one thing better for Puma. That is WWE. And if he's going there, I hope they're saying the right stuff to him. Follow the money. And if he's not following the money, like, look, Lucha Underground might still be a better option for him. Just personally. You know, maybe it's they're not all... Missing. They're going to push him. you know. Yeah, they're going to push him. He's going to be able to appreciate himself, to keep himself on a level that he wants to be at in that promotion. Um, but again, that doesn't mean it's necessarily right, but does he want to show up at WWE and all of a sudden be on NXT? Yeah. Like, does he I mean, want to be in in the live two hundred five? Like uh, fuck he's got to ask himself seriously what they're going to do with him at WWE, and is he just going to be working to the bone and not getting over? But then again, at the same time, he's a relatively young guy, and it might still be the time for him to go and just try it out and just see what. It's plus,
2: not. you know, he lives in Florida, dude's a dad, you know. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of stuff, but like he's talented. He could go like if there's an offer he could go wherever he wants and i am sure there's an offer if he's entertaining it but like you know he's he's top shelf as far as high flyers in the world go so it's like and the, dude, and the, and been, he's been getting hiring paid guys. I mean, like
0: his appearance fee is fine from what i've heard like it's not oh like yeah he's and he's hurting. making
2: money in Japan like <laughs> <laughs> get taken care of in new japan too he's getting taken care of in england yeah
0: Yeah, his lucha contract is is not terrible. I'm sure new one would be much better than the first one.
2: It's like as as far as high flyers in the world go, I would go okay. um, You know, he'd be in my top five probably because okay, yeah, because there was a time where I would say four of my top five were in were in lucha underground at the same time. So you had him, you had Flamita as Nightclaw, you had Aerostar, and uh, you had Jack Evans, you know, and Ray Mysterio always gets honorable mention, even though he doesn't do as much anymore,
0: but of course, I mean, he's, he's a little past it, but in a good way, in the right I way, I
2: Neville, Neville's the best guy they have on WWE right now. And hopefully he's going to win the, the cruiser title soon and actually like make it mean something because, uh, he's great. He's someone that I was always saying that they should have signed, and when they did, I was surprised they used them because they fuck up everything. But uh, <laughs> it's good to see him as a heel, too, and, you know, like, I don't watch a lot of WWE, but I'll look up and see what Neville's doing every once in a while because Pac was the shit, yeah. and, um, um. it's... Yeah, and it's like Callisto's on that list too, but they're not using him to his potential either, you know? Well, so. exactly.
0: So it's just like, you know, you got, again, you got to follow the money and what's the money? What's the power? What's the big move for Puma? But so, and and with Flamita, I got to say this, like, unfortunately for him, um, he could have had a chance in Lucha Underground. He didn't get enough of a push there first. Then he has these issues in Mexico, whether they're his fault or not, doesn't matter. But then dorian can go to the other people sitting in the room for lucha underground and say yeah this guy's been trouble in mexico let's not use him yeah and And the argument goes somewhere but if dorian comes into the room and says you know pentagon and phoenix uh you know and sexy star have been a problem in mexico let's not use them the guys at mgm especially not even el rey so much but the guys at mgm are gonna be like whatever, we're going to make I good TV so. and money off of these guys, and we already have. You can't tell us now that the people you brought us mm-hmm. are somehow pieces of crap. And you can't tell us that five out of the ten people that you brought us are crap. Because all you're doing is telling us that you are crap. If you're bringing us these guys and you're now telling us to take them off of the show that you brought them to. Dorian yeah, brought see, these this is
2: people. something I always worry about is that he'll probably get, get a hissy fit and try to pull everyone from triple a from the show but y- you got to remember triple a like miflo said in our chat just now um they actively tried to destroy phoenix's career and force him into retirement when he left the company by but that's triple a
0: as a whole dorian can walk into a room any one of the people running triple a can walk into a room with each other and say hey, let's fuck these guys over Mm -hmm. But if you're Dorian Roldan and you walk into an executive producers meeting for Lucha Underground as they're trying to plan this next season and you say, yeah, I want to pull five of our stars that I gave you Mm -hmm. off of our show. How stupid does he sound? And this is what I want everyone to think about that. No one is thinking about. Everyone's like, oh, Dorian's going to screw these guys. Dorian's going to screw these guys. That's fine. Dorian very well may want to screw the royal hell out of these guys. But ask yourself, does Dorian want to screw himself? He's the general manager of the LLC. At the end of the day, it will cost him money if this product sucks, if this product goes away. And I'm not saying that he doesn't want to screw these guys over. And I'm not saying that for the sake of AAA that he shouldn't. Because as a boss, these guys have now taken it to him. And it he's in the worst position possible of walking the line between AAA and Lucha Underground and this LLC thing. It's like, how does he not look like an idiot? I mean, Eric Van Wagner and Robert Rodriguez and Skip and all these guys who are also executive producers on that show along with him. There's 12 of them, I believe. And to the guys in his, uh, you know, he's got to justify the guys in the LLC that just made him general manager. Hey, I can make us money with this property. And it has nothing to do with AAA. Those guys don't care. They just want to know, are you going to make us money? And if Dorian says, yeah, the way I'm going to make you money is by taking away five of our top stars from this intellectual property. He looks like an asshole. He looks like an idiot doing that. And people, Honestly, though, he's been looking like an asshole a lot lately. He might be. He might be. He is the problem, and he is the solution.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's also like he has power in AAA, but he doesn't because everyone goes over his head for his, you know, they go to Maricela instead, and they go to Joaquin instead. That's how, like, guys like La Parca keep winning tournaments and shit like that, right? And maybe he doesn't
0: care. I don't know. I mean, the guys who have worked and dealt with him can tell me, you know, can tell us how much – he may or may not even care about the AAA product. What if he's just like, that's the old-timers product. I'm the next generation. I want to prove that I can do something bigger north of the border, so AAA be
2: damned what that that's a what if but what if he looks at lucha underground as a side project and he's like if this gets fucked i can just go back to triple a whenever i want
0: and he can right now and that's the thing again he is the both the problem and the solution a lot of the woes and problems that people have with triple a dorian is the person that could solve them in lucha underground but he's got to want to do that and honestly I don't think anybody knows that answer to it. And I don't think Conan knows either. I love Conan. I love his show. I love what he has to say. I love that he speaks his mind. I love that he's stealing these guys, taking them to the crash and giving them another outlet. But at the same time, he might be screwing all of us over doing it. But I also think that there's certain things that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like what he said, something about Netflix buying Lucha underground. Mm -hmm. First of all, let me tell you, that's not possible. Um, The Netflix thing I probably understand better than a lot of people. Like I've had stock in Netflix since when they first became a mail order DVD company. Mm -hmm. I understand this company. I research it constantly. I understand their business model better than most people in TV, and I understand what they do, how they do, and why they do it. I will say this. Uh, I don't know officially what their interest in Lucha Underground is, but I believe that they have some. I believe that once they started, once they greenlit the glow, show that they're doing that marty elias has been part of um that the way that netflix buys stuff is when they buy up a property especially when it's something new in a genre or field they buy other stuff to put with it like they did that baz lerman thing about hip-hop all of a sudden they bought up all these hip-hop documentaries some of them by the way are awesome and they wanted more early hip-hop related stuff so that when you're done watching the one thing you have all this other material to stream that's how they do it they piggyback these shows together um glow and lucha underground together would be a phenomenal tag team so i have to imagine that they are interested in the product to a certain extent i also have to imagine that l ray is trying to figure out how to keep as much lucha underground for as long as they can but at the same time they may not have the money to throw at it that that netflix does so they Mm -hmm. may be looking at is there a way that we can keep the product and partner with them so that they're getting the product quickly afterwards but we're still getting it first they're stupid if they're a network and they're not looking at it that way even Mm the cw just did that deal with netflix where now eight days after their shows are finished airing for the season netflix can put it up netflix can put up the flash in may or june the whole season Almost right after it airs, that's huge for them.
2: When I saw that, I'm like, I'm gonna wait to watch Riverdale. This is what I'm gonna do.
0: And this is what, yeah. And so it costs the network a little bit, but at the same time, they get a big chunk of cash from Netflix that keeps the shows afloat. And it's good for the shows because guess what? Netflix doesn't want one or two seasons of it. They want people to be able to binge five or six seasons of it. They got right. 33 million subscribers or more. It's a lot of content that they want to provide. I mean, people. what is this now? Like a $17 billion company or something like that, that we're talking it's, about here? It's not, you can't even put a price tag on it. I don't think, I mean, it's, it has a valuation, but the way it's growing and it's changing the entire business to the point where now everyone else has to adapt to them. So people, don't understand what they're talking about when they talk about Netflix a lot of times. They don't get it. I guarantee you that everyone involved, including MGM, is trying to figure out something from Netflix, but they're not going to buy the entire property. They may buy out one part of it or they may take a little bit of everyone's part, but what they're interested in is airing rights and they will put money behind it, but they don't need to own the product. Production companies own products. And guess who the production company is here, people? The production company is MGM. This is the company that bought up half of Las Vegas with Japanese you know, money and Chinese money and money from all over the place. People think that AAA is a player. No, MGM is a player. People think that Dorian Roldan is a player. No, MGM and Netflix are players. People think that Robert Rodriguez is a player. He's a movie director with a fledgling network. And I love it. And I love him. He's not the big player. MGM, Netflix, those are the big players. And if people can't follow the money, they shouldn't talk about big deals. If you can't understand how corporations work and big money moves around and what ad dollars and revenue really is about, then they shouldn't be talking about this. Wrestling fans, and I am, I consider myself a wrestling fan, but I am in the TV business and I've studied this my whole life and my whole career. It's on a different level. And yes, there could be some huge, huge casualties of this. And those people on the corporate level may not see them. They may not understand that Pentagon is a big portion of the product. Mm -hmm. You might never watch again. They might lose, you know, 700,000 fans overnight if they get rid of Pentagon and they may not understand that, but they might do that anyway, because the way that they look at it is these guys came out of obscurity three years ago anyway. Can't we just bring some other guys out of obscurity now? And guess what? They might be right. They might be able to create still another great show. They'll still have great writers. They'll still, DJ's not going to go anywhere. If they offer him a check to do more, but don't give him Pentagon and Phoenix to do it with, do you think he's still going to try to write the best stuff ever that he could write? Absolutely. No, he's not afraid of money.
2: They barely, they barely use Pentagon anyway. He's, he's written off every season for like,
0: well, Greek and Greek. I, yeah, like, where's Pentagon right now? Last time we saw him, he got beat up by four girls. Mm-hmm. Like, look, as much as we five, all love him, he is not Justin. the only thing. Dadge has, okay. has a badge. Remember, has a badge. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you just have to look at it realistically too. Like, you know, major TV shows lose stars. Sometimes they revamp whole things with with new people in major roles, and you're just like, what the hell is this? And sometimes. It completely fails. Sometimes it's like, yeah, we don't want to see Scott Bakula in a Star Trek show. And sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, why not? You know, sometimes these things work out great. You know, how long was ER on? By the 12th season of ER, was any one doctor from season one still on that show? No. I mean, George Clooney wasn't on there anymore. By then, you didn't even remember that guy was a TV actor.
2: Maybe Noah Wiley, but maybe not.
0: Uh, no, no, Wiley was the librarian was or something there. by then.
2: Oh, yeah. Like,
0: I mean, seriously, and that's what I'm saying. Like, They're not thinking about it on that level. It's good for El Rey because they can use it as flagship programming where they can get a lot of episodes in a season. They can piggyback other stuff off of it, but they haven't even been doing that yet. They have this show that is getting some eyeballs and getting fans and getting a slightly lower demographic than closer to what they were expecting in the first place than what they actually got but they're barely able to use it right now. Yeah. Um, it's like, so,
2: Hey guys, just put the show back on. Cause you tried this shit with cutting crew, uh, piggybacking shows off of Lucha underground and that didn't really work out so great for the haircut show. So how about giving well, them some wrestling?
0: So they got to, and they got to find stuff. Like we've all said <laughs> that they should have an after show. It's like, you got a popular show walking dead, it man put on, ben, good, put on, you know, Temple Talk, like we've all been talking about. Put, put mm-hmm. J-Man and Urban and us on there. We'll do Temple Talk for you. We'll give you an uh, an extra hour of super-duper cheap programming. Um, and the
2: five of us will cost less than Chris Hardwick by himself.
0: Yeah, and what's the drop-off gonna be? You know, you put on an episode of Lucha Underground, you show the rerun, then you show Temple Talk, or you put Temple Talk on for a half an hour. You You, you keep your fans around for cheap for another half an hour and sell some more commercials. I mean, that's why other networks are doing this stuff. Hopefully El Ray gets on the ball with some of that stuff. Or you put on, um, you know, some weird sci-fi comic book-esque show right after Lucha Undergrad. You want a lower, younger male demographic? There's ways to do it. Um, you know, comic book men airs after Walking Dead, for Christ's sakes. Like, there, yeah. there's, there's ways to do it. So what I'm still saying, though, is follow the money. So for El Ray, the money's in the ad dollars and promoting other programs because what they need to do is increase the ad buy rates across the board. And to do that, what they need to do is anchor a few solid shows in there and then try to carry those numbers into other quarter hours after those shows with other programming. That's how television works when you're in a commercial model or El Rey itself needs to do licensing deals like what they did with Dust to Dawn for Netflix and other stuff that helps recoup some of the costs of making it. It lets them plan ahead. So like, okay, if we get this amount of money from Netflix, we can do this many shows, but then they got to sell big ad buys for it while it's on their network too to really cap cash in. I don't right. know if they did that with Dust to Dawn this season, which might be why that show's kind of on hiatus now because right. it went to Netflix I don't know. Two weeks after next it aired. day, yeah. Next I mean, day it was. And so then now, are you watching it on Netflix with no commercials, or are you watching it on El Rey and and paying them basically by watching their commercials? Only totally no commercials, but uncensored.
2: Yeah, like you gotta you gotta watch it at the right time on El Rey to get it uncensored.
0: Well, yeah. I, see, I and I actually I watched it on demand with the commercials on Sling, mm-hmm. um, but that would. Uh, they had the uncut version. You Actually, they had both. You could watch the 8 p.m. version, which had the cuts, and you could watch the 10 p.m. version that didn't. Um, you just had to know which folder it was in. But um, and, but then I also went back and watched season one and two on Netflix. Anyway, my whole point is this. I believe the Netflix deal is in the works. I think it's actually going to happen. I think it's part of why everything is on hold. I think it's it, it is unspecified whether the show... With new episodes, we'll come back to L Rey Network. I believe from the way that Eric Van Wagner was speaking on this show last week and that he wants right. to create a stable partnership with L Rey, that the plan is right now for L Rey to still get the first run of Lucha Underground. But I believe sometime in the next couple months there will be an announcement that, that Lucha Underground will be on Netflix. Um, oh, sure. I believe that Dorian has balls isn't happy with these guys, but there's only so much he can do north of the border. I think that these guys have contracts. I think that that from everything I have heard, those contracts are not in jeopardy. He may screw them over. And Dorian has other ways to screw these guys over. It doesn't just mean taking them off the show.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: As the leader of the LLC, which controls the intellectual property, you know they may have airtight TV contracts that keep them on Lucha Underground for years, but... He could probably cut them out of t-shirt sales. He can probably cut them out of touring if they do that. I mean, you heard this week that the LLC is the branch of this whole monster that they want to take care of those things. But I think when people relate it back to the TV show, there's 12 executive producers on this show. These guys have already signed contracts. We we know for a fact that Lucha Underground itself, as a TV show, is not worried about things like Sexy Star Um, and Phoenix. They didn't seem worried when those things happened. I don't, and they don't seem any more worried now that it's Pentagon. Mm -hmm. So that says to me that their contracts on their end with their talent as TV characters here in the States are fine. That's what that says to me. I could be wrong. I haven't read anybody's contract. I haven't heard legal from El Rey or, or MGM saying any of this stuff. But from what I've heard from very credible people on that side, there's no worry whatsoever about these people with their television contracts. Again, that does not mean that Dorian can't screw them. But the ways that he can screw them are touring, our merchandise, our bookings down in Mexico. the, The whole cohesive idea that they had in the first place of everyone working hand in hand to basically go back and forth from AAA and come up here and do this other stuff. That's what's not working. It's not all coming together. The AAA talent especially has become an issue. They've had work visa issues. They've had, you know, just like the whole Flamita story where he's in it with AAA before he really even gets up here and gets established. Then you've got sexy star wanting to box and really being kind of done wrestling in general and just wanting to be a TV star. Now I was watching her first season stuff. Like she was so much better in the first season in general. She's just she's just getting to the point now where, like, like I even saw a match where she's running the ropes and everything for the first season. Like, she was not what she is right now at all. But I've seen her live where she just looks like she's blown up gas and right out of the gate. And that doesn't say to me that she's a bad wrestler. That says to me that she's over this shit. <laughs> I think it's both. But- Maybe. That, that's just an opinion. And again, but she's a huge star up here. They made her a huge star. And you know, they can do wh- what they want with it. And it doesn't sound like her contract as a TV star for Lucha Underground is in jeopardy. Or Phoenix or Pentagon or Jack. Um, I don't know, I don't know how all this plays out from here. I really don't, but I gotta say this people, if you want real answers, stop thinking about your favorite wrestlers and start thinking about who stands to gain the most money and from what. Because that's what you really have to look at. Like Just like when Mifloaf was on here talking about what WWE just did in the UK. They're going over there. They're shutting down performers from showing up here, there, and the other place. But that's because it's money to them. It's big money. They're going to let progress have a taste now. But they're letting progress have a taste so that they can control the territory. And they will decide if they want to make the money or if they want to continue letting these guys make the money. And I believe that MGM and Netflix will be the same at the end of the day with this. They're not Vince McMahon. They don't have a wrestling sensibility. They're going to completely come at it from a business and TV standpoint. But that's a big game, people. That is a big, big game. And these dudes are going to play it hard, and they're going to play it real. And that's real money. That is not one wrestler's contract for two to to four years. I love the boys in the back. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to see anything bad happen to any of them, but you guys got to be realistic about this stuff, too. Like Losing even four or five guys is not what's going to make or break Lucha Underground. MGM deciding whether or not they want to stay in business with El Rey, whether they want to stay in business with Dorian, whether or not they want to sell viewing rights to the show to Netflix, that is the stuff that is going to make or break Lucha Underground. And I hope that it makes Lucha Underground, and I hope that Pentagon's around for it. Because if Pentagon leaves, it is going to suck, no two ways about it. But why would he leave? What is he going to do if he really, really leaves? Is Conan going to get as big a TV deal as Lucha Underground or bigger?
2: No, you know what's funny is he compared it to the promo Azteca thing. Uh, he shouldn't have done that because that was a huge failure. But. Not that I say that the crash will be because they put on some cool shit and they've got a lot of my favorite guys there right now.
0: Yeah. But, and they can yeah. instantly be right up there with evolve and PWG and ring of honor. They could be there, but I'm here to tell you any one of these companies that gets the real Netflix deal
4: mm-hmm.
0: is instantly number two, right? Is instantly a credible alternative to WWE. They they win the number 2 game immediately. And
2: part Never of ever gets Netflix it is worth multiple times what WWE is worth. So really are they number 2 at that point? They're part of something much bigger.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. well, they, I mean it's they, a wrestling promotion. Yeah, but to be number 1, you have to have the wrestling and television sense that Vince McMahon has. Mm -hmm. and that now i i see triple h starting to have maybe they can't write the best storylines in the world but they still have better marketing overall for a wrestling product they know how to control their product they know how to control the top talent because i'm also here to tell you too as much as we all hate on wwe those guys that are there are still by and large better than a lot of these other talents that are on the indies what i want to know
2: justin is where is my movie with pentagon jr as a surfing penguin huh
0: Oh man, that needs to happen tomorrow. I don't know. I've ran it on it enough. Follow the money, people. Follow the money. That's all I can tell you. Like, you know, hit me on Twitter. I will go back and forth with you guys all day about it. Um, I will not be saying, fucking busy. <laughs> I'm not saying that there's not some bleak and strange things going on, but I am saying that the majority of people out there do not truly understand what is at play, or how, or why. Because this situation is not being run like a wrestling company. It just isn't. These contracts are with MGM, the intellectual properties with the LLC, the merchandise is over here and there. It's not like any of these other companies. It's nothing like it, nothing. And even the people involved don't completely get all of it and may never. All they can hope is that there is, at the end of the day, a viable outlet For talent to go and work, get great storylines, get over on a cool show that sticks around for a long time. That's all anybody can hope for at this point in time. And I'm hoping for it because it is 10 million times cooler than the WWE part. Yeah. Yeah. You know, IWGP, you know, the the New Japan stuff has its moments, but is it super solid all year round? No. Don't kid yourself. It's super cool. Progress, RevPro, super awesome. Is it like that all year round? No, because the best guys come and go and half of them are in Japan or uh, other places.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, Ring of Honor, is it like that all the time? No. Half the top of the roster is guys who left TNA. Is TNA there? Hell no. Even though you got stars like Lashley and EC3 and the Hardys, the overall production isn't quite there yet. The the crowds are dead at Universal or whatever they're doing. They need to like not shoot there anymore. Like, they have some issues, even with the new company coming in. Evolve, yeah, but everyone's in and out, and it's, you know, it's like Junior NXT. Yeah, they're the best company now, you know? It's super cool, but at the same time, it's super smarky and, you know, on the fringe, and it's not there yet. Like, dude, there is not a great number two option. AAA obviously isn't. CMLL is okay, but there's still, you know, weird issues there too. I mean... You know, and I didn't even get to talk about uh, Fantastica.
2: Yeah. I didn't get to talk about DDT Universe either, but go sign up, everyone. It's free until the end of February. They don't even take any credit card information. They just sign up and fucking watch it.
0: DDTUniverse.com So I'm sorry I wasn't in the chat room um, with my new audio setup and the weird stuff going on. I didn't want to risk crashing my whole computer like the last couple of weeks. So I apologize if we're missing awesome questions. I will check in on them. I think um, they're
2: saying Byron owns slaves. Like I don't even know
0: what's happening anymore. I believe that's true. You know, speaking of slavery, can I end with one more rant? Sure. Can I can I talk about the T. Wood thing, the Tyron Woodley oh, shit, playing the red card thing?
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You're good.
0: I got to talk about the 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 Tyron Woodley thing. Um, it's crazy to me. Like, um. I don't even I I don't even know where to start with this. So Tyron Woodley is saying he's got these issues, um, and I believe him. Like the the issues are legit, and and people just don't know. Like I deal with racism in my industry a lot. Like I produce car build shows sometimes. Do you think that they want to hire a black dude to go out and hang out with a bunch of hillbilly stuff and nitro into their cars and burn it down the road? And it's not even that the talent or the guys out there building the cars are the ones that, they're, uh, uh, that have an issue with me. Producers here in L.A. will look at me and be like, I don't want to send that guy out there because they might have an issue. And it's this other form of racism. It's this implied racism. And I have heard things like, you're well-spoken. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, I speak. I'm smart. <laughs> you know the, the like you know who's not well spoken people who weren't afforded the same opportunities and education in life and i get i get these forms of racism and this is kind of what tyron i think was talking about he can't he doesn't want to tell you specifics because to tell you specifics is going to out somebody that isn't necessarily some evil person they're just a person who's gotten it wrong and they don't understand what some of this race stuff means so being biracial myself i walk into rooms and and So we talked about with Carmen earlier. Sometimes it's like, I'm not black enough for black folks, and I'm certainly not white enough for white folks. But when I get accepted is when all of a sudden I'm in these situations and I assimilate to what their expectation is. So if I go into a room with black folks and I speak a certain way and I exude a certain thing, and I see light-skinned dudes like me or mixed dudes all the time trying way too hard, way too hard.
2: It's a pretty good Be- Key and peel skit on it, actually.
0: Yeah, because it gets them accepted in the room and it's true. I've also been in rooms where I've heard, because they don't even see me as black, they don't even think I'm black because of how I speak and and the people that I'm around. I had a sheriff of a county back in Ohio come in and actually use the N-word in front of me. Oh, shit. Yeah, it it was about this club promotion thing and he was trying to shut down the black promotion night and he came in and he was like, Y'all going to stop doing goddamn nigger night over there. And it was like, but it wasn't directed at me. And I could tell he wasn't even looking at me like I was black. And I was just like, and people don't get it. This is the way it really, really is. And all Tyron Woodley is saying is, if you think as a black champion in the UFC, who isn't, you know, as eloquent on the microphone as some other guys, who isn't, you know, who is black, if you think that he isn't getting treated slightly differently, you're wrong. And it's not necessarily anyone's fault, but dude, the sport was bred on Chuck Liddell and Matt Hughes, and it was good for the sport. It was a good thing. It brought white folks back to combat sports. And there is nothing wrong with that. It is good that they had some, some hillbilly heroes, as I like to call them. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Cause dude, brothers and Latinos took over boxing. And every now and then there was a great white hope.
2: Oh, like Jerry Cooney? Oh, yeah. Shit. You know,
0: I mean, come on. You remember how hyped up people were on Tommy Gunn Morrison? Come on. Yeah. Like, whatever. Like, in the Klitschko's, goes, we European and people were still like, ooh, them white boys can fight. But MMA brought a level playing field. But at the same time, I and I've seen it in the MMA world too, it is a little bit of a white boys club. And it doesn't have the same respect for you know, minority fighters. And people will cite some of the Brazilian guys, but the Brazilians don't count because they started the shit. Mm-hmm. Even Anderson Silva being black and Brazilian, they don't count. They really don't. But the American, African-American fighters in the UFC take shit. And we know that African-American wrestlers take shit. How much racism has been in the wrestling business forever? How, how when has anyone been the heavyweight champion that was African American for any sustained period of time. Uh, the Rock is probably the best example and he's
2: yeah, because Ron Simmons didn't have the belt for that long. Yeah,
0: I mean, look, like the New Day thing was great, but at the same time, they also play a very semi stereotypical role to a certain point.
2: And plus they held the titles just because Demolition had a lawsuit against Vince, you know, like they wanted to beat the record because of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and I get it so but at the same time like people are saying that tyron is race baiting or that there isn't actual issues i'm saying of course there are don't kid yourself and i'm not i'm not some idiot that believes all people should be treated equally fuck that but here's the thing guess who deserves to not be treated equally a guy who is um a world champion in the ufc maybe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, maybe he yeah. deserves a little bit better treatment than, you know, some bum on the street. I'm saying I treat people differently all the time, but I don't do it based on race, creed, or color. I do it based on accomplishment, intelligence, ability, you know, uh, kind-heartedness. Why Barry
2: Byron all the time on this show? Yeah, and I'm here to tell okay, you,
0: the show. Tyron Woodley is a champion of the world in a sport that is very difficult. How many people... If you look at a cross section of the world, have been a champion of anything, let mm-hmm. alone the toughest fighting promotion in the world. Give the guy some respect. I don't care if he loses. The to have prime. his
2: fucking record, Jesus. Yeah,
0: like, and and I take him at his word too. I, I I don't think he's the kind of guy that cares enough to make it up. No. Not, not, you know. Yeah. I've heard people say that he's not smart enough to make it up. He's smart enough to make it up if he wanted to. But he doesn't care but enough what about gain
2: from like. it anyway. He's already fucking champion, you know. Like, the, yeah. there's nothing to gain from saying this other than exposing fucked up shit that he's coming up against.
0: And he is coming up against it. And I and I, I commend him for how he's doing it and the way that he's saying these things and not pointing out uh, specific people or trying to point fingers. You know everyone like wants examples, and Ariel Hawani was trying to put it to him to give him examples mm-hmm. and whatnot. I don't believe that's the right way. I think that this is the way you do it. You say, people, I need you to believe me. I'm a world champion. I have credibility. I'm a black man that struggled to get here, and he's been around racism. He lives in Ferguson, for Christ's sakes. I mean, come on. Yeah. and he and he's been around wrestling, too, which is definitely a very, Uh, white-driven, country boy kind of sport where there's certainly lots of racism. I've seen it in the wrestling rooms. I've been a part of it on that end, too. It happens, people. Please do not discount the man when he says that he has experienced this firsthand on his way to the title and that he wants to get some respect. He is not trying to change everybody's mind. He's not trying to say that racism shouldn't exist or that people need to stop being racist, this and the other thing. What he's trying to say is, as a champion, can we now give him respect, even if he's the bad guy. Give him good dressing rooms. Don't, don't, don't tell him things like he's well-spoken. Don't call him Tyrone.
2: Oh, God. All the time. Still, he's oh
0: fucking champion. They're still calling him Tyrone. Even Todd Duffy, at the beginning of the broadcast, it's Todd Duffy's first freaking week, made a joke about it at the beginning of the broadcast. And uh, to a world champion that could slap your head off, I mean, and I know where he was trying to go. He was just trying to be lighthearted and whatever, but it rubbed me the wrong way immediately. It's like, I'm an MMA fan. I thought his name was weird the first time I heard it. And then when the first time I heard him say it correctly, I knew the man's name. Yeah. It wasn't all too I think hard. Is
2: it sounds like he could be on Game of Thrones anyway at this point,
0: you know? And don't get me wrong. People mess up people's names all the time, but I can even say Joanna want yeah, like her name's crazy, but you you heard it twenty times now. She's and when you say people,
2: when you say people, you mean J-Man. Let's let's yeah. Let's, let's, yeah.
0: <laughs> but but at the same time, J-Man's also not a broadcaster paid by that company on that event to tout those champions.
2: Right? Yeah, and oh uh, sure, fuck a lot of pe- people paid by the show are
0: fucking up Tyron's name. Yeah, Come on. And I would, I would say that if, if somebody actually cut J-Man a check, you would hear him enunciate some shit very correctly if they told him to. <laughs> J-Man would yeah, love to get a check. I, I,
2: heard, I heard that if you pay him, he actually talks like William Regal the whole time. It's amazing. I
0: believe that he does. Anyway, so that's like my triple, rant, my, my triple rant for the day. Follow the money. Don't pretend that there's no such thing as racism in the world. And that's it. And be nice to each other, people thanks for uh thanks to carmen for coming up yeah for real thanks to carmen for coming on the show thanks to lucha gringo for showing up sick as a dog thanks to byron for showing up in the middle of the night when it's like he's been wrecking houses with vanilla ice all day um and thanks to you thanks to you for sticking through this long because if you are still here at the very end of the show you my friend are awesome (laughs)
2: Or you just have no fucking life whatsoever. Yeah.
0: We have a million more things that we could have talked about, but guess what? We're not going anywhere. We'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully I, I, I'm working on a couple of guests. We'll see if they can make it. There's a few people that are totally want to be on the show, but they're actually booked all the time on Thursday night. So I don't want to announce it in, but, but it's good. It's good reason. We're like not getting people for good reasons. Like talent is booked on Thursday nights. That's good for them. Y'all. Yeah. Um, it just happens to be the night we're also doing the show. So I'm working um, on, um, on Marty Janetti to come on the show. Sweet. Um, um, I'd love, I, I, I hadn't tried to get Ricky Reyes on the show, but I think he'd be great to have on the show. And, uh, yes. Um, hopefully I, I tried to get Marty Elias to come on back a while ago, but he was filming glow at the time. So I'm going to try mm. Marty again, especially now that we're in the off season. So Marty, if you're listening to this, come on the show, brother. Um, we talked about doing this a while ago, and there's some amazing stuff that I know we would talk about with him. And, uh,
2: yeah, I fucking love that guy too, dude. If you talk to him for like two minutes, you're like, this guy's fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, he's got a great, great perspective on uh, the business from the best seat in the house, inside yeah. the ring. <laughs> um, so hopefully we'll get him on. And again, Carmen was great. Evie Dub made fun of us because we never have any uh, beautiful women on the show, so now he can eat it. Cause we have
2: makes fun of us for everything.
0: And, and rightfully so. <laughs> All right, Casey brother, get out of here. You got to go do your thing tomorrow. I got to do my thing. Yes. So until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix.